Hello, it is Tuesday, June 4th, and I have a special announcement. We have an Independence Day sale happening right now at store.patmcafeeshow.com. An entire new line of shirts and hoodies and tank tops for you to buy and win this 4th of July. 20% off everything with promo code AMERICA. Buy, 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 and you will win, win, win 4th of July. Yes, pretty excited about it. Also pretty excited for the show that we have today. Matt Patricia stops by. I got a chance to run into his office during a layover in Detroit on my way to Connecticut for the NXT TakeOver 25. Foxy and I went in there and brought some electricity, and so did Matt Patricia. You're going to absolutely love that conversation. You're also going to love what we got into afterwards. Everything was talked about. Elon Musk, aliens, are they one and the same? I think so. <laughs> also, I, also, I give my take on old Jeopardy Jim. Big mm-hmm. loss last night. Mm-hmm. Barefoot kicking. A lot of other things, and we really dive deep. And if you're going to dive deep into anything awesome, there's only one company you want right next to you while you're diving deep, and that's your friends from SeatGeek. Because SeatGeek is the greatest ticket-buying platform on planet Earth and the moon. Yes, If you're going to buy tickets on planet Earth or the moon, you use SeatGeek because SeatGeek is going to get you the best tickets for the best prices because they're the best people selling to the best fans on Earth, and that's you listening right now. Right now, if you go to SeatGeek and use promo code PAT, you get $10 off your first order. You use promo code McAfee, $20 off your first order. So a little self-awareness here. Mm -hmm. If we're rich, use the promo code PAT to get $10 off. If you're not rich yet, but you're on your way, use promo code McAfee, get $20 off. SeatGeek scans all the other ticket-buying platforms to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck and that's because SeatGeek's looking out for you you won't get catfished the ticket you buy is the ticket you'll get what a great experience you can find from your friends at SeatGeek you're alive but are you living go live with SeatGeek also are you looking for an easy affordable way to stock up for summer grilling tie yes I am how about you Foxy oh yeah as well as a great gift Yes, please. Well, why don't you think Omaha Steaks? Mm. Omaha Steaks is America's original butcher, making special occasions easier since 1917. Quick math, Foxy. Oh, God, he did it again, 102 years. That's right. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited-time Father's Day gift offer to listeners of this show. It's the greatest sale they've had in 102 years, Foxy. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code AMERICA in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package, a $235 value that you will get for $59. 99. My God. Pat, what comes in this incredible 74% off offer from your friends at Omaha Steaks? Great question. Are you ready for this? Yeah, hit me with it. This is going to sound like a joke when I read this. Mm. You're going to think to yourself, $59.99 for this and this and this, and the list will just keep on going. Know that all of this is for $59.99. Two tender filet mignon, Mm. two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple totlers for dessert, and a packet of Omaha steak signature seasoning. Plus, there's more. I don't know how they stay in business with this sale. I don't know why they're giving this, but they're also going to give you four extra Omaha steak burgers for free. My God. Two fillets, two sirloins, 
two pork chops, four steak burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks, four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, four chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets, a seasoning, and an extra four steak burgers, all for free at $59.99, 74% off. OmahaSteaks.com, enter code America, buy it now, buy it one for later, buy one for next year, mm-hmm. stock up on this deal because I'm not sure they're ever going to do it again. Ladies and gentlemen, Foxy and I flew to Connecticut. We had a layover in beautiful Detroit, Michigan. It was a three-hour layover, and we thought to ourselves, you know what? When life gives you lemons, ask yourself, why did life give me such terrible fruit? But when life gives you a three-hour layover in Detroit, you ask yourself, Hey, we should try to get an interview with one of the most intriguing head coaches in the NFL, a guy who has an incredible beard and a man that got to listen to a commentator make his debut in a 31 nothing route of the Green Bay Packers and a guy that I think you're going to love after this conversation. Mm-hmm. Foxy and I made the most of a layover, and I think it's going to be to your benefit, ladies and gentlemen. Coming to you live from the lion's den. The most intriguing head coach in the NFL in my eyes. A Super Bowl champion, a legend amongst men for his beard, his big brain, and his Ticonderoga number two pencil use. Head coach of the Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Great to have you guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys stopping in. So we're in a layover, obviously. Didn't want to be like Tom Hanks and hang out in the terminal. Uh, I sent a little text message to a man named Eamon, who is a legend. He's your PR guy, I believe. Got this set up. I'm so thankful for you. Yeah. Well, hey, look, you guys made all the effort to get out here, so that's great. All right. So you're in the middle of OTAs right now. Yep. Second year. Restrictions are flying left and right at head coaches. Last year, practice time got cut down. This year, the Oklahoma drill is getting taken out. How does a coach manage to get his team prepared for a season, yeah. especially with all these restrictions? You know, we just got to hang in there and uh, just making sure uh, we have an adapt or die mentality, and, and that's what we got to do. We got to keep adapting uh, and just try to figure out different ways to, to practice and get our guys better to go, you know, ready to go and get them better and improve their fundamentals. So uh, we're, we're working. You know, we're actually starting a, a mini camp next week so we have two weeks of the uh, OTA phase three and then we're going to do mini camp next week hit three days in a row and then finish up with another week of OTAs last year your first time being a head coach I assume there was some nerves going into it now that you're the guy uh, you were under great tutelage, obviously, in New England. What was your first year as a head coach sure. wrapped up in a couple sentences? Yeah, um, best way to describe it, I say it all the time, it's like drinking from the fire hose. You're just in it. You're trying to get as much as you can. And, uh, you know, come on the end, you probably haven't drank enough and you're soaking wet. So just trying to make sure to do everything possible to uh, do a better job this year. You know, when you come off of uh, – we were – you know, I was, I was at the Super Bowl, obviously. Didn't uh, turn out the way you wanted it to. But kind of get kicked into the next phase. I'm at a new place we're trying to hire coaches evaluate a roster um, the offseason was a little bit nuts and then you get into the you know the regular season and you're trying to evaluate everything and change everything and uh, you know it's just it's a long first year it's really it's one of those years where you you learn a lot as a coach um, and you learn a lot of what you probably did wrong and what you need to do better and just make sure you do it right the next year did you expect the drama that would come with being a head coach it, it's almost like the society we live in nowadays no matter what you do there's going to be drama right Right. Right. You beat the Patriots. The place is obviously ecstatic. All of Detroit, Lions, I don't know what you guys, Lions Nation? Is that what it is? Is that Lions fan base? What are you guys called? 
I like Lions Nation. That's good. We're good with that. You oh, do we just start that? Yeah, yeah. You can just okay, you can so claim Lion- that right there. <laughs> <laughs> so Lions We like Nation, it. Lion Pride is good. I Lion like that Pride. one, too. Okay, I'm all about it. The Pride of Lions, you know, uh, all of are us. excited. Then there comes all this stuff that just comes from left field. It's like uh, Matt Patricia has lost the locker room. And normally, I will say this as somebody who's been in the locker room for a long time, normally when that happens, it means that there's a couple people inside the locker room who have connects to media who aren't exactly happy with the way things are going. You continue to maintain this gentleman-like cool on top of it all. You go through your entire first season, you lose a couple players to injury, then you end it with a 31-0 victory over the Green Bay Packers with some people are saying the greatest color commentator in the history of the game. Commentator. I got. I got to be honest with you. We uh, we listened to that uh, that call uh, over and over in the squad, especially the outstanding play of Matt Prater and his uh, amazing throw, and the uh, I would say the enthusiasm and the explanation uh, that the uh, commentator did through that game was was unlike any I've ever seen. It was just it was at a next level. We won't talk about the commentator. Honestly, he doesn't deserve it, but. <laughs> Some are saying he pitched a perfect game for his first game. That's neither here nor there. But a lot of drama through the whole thing, whether it was reporters kind of getting snippy with you, players, all these kind of kind of bullshit things happening. Was that something you expected going into being a head coach, or is it just like uh, – just kind of got to learn as you go. Yeah, you know, again, I think um, if, if you're a first-time head coach, you should expect everything. You know, I think when you go into it, you have no idea. Um, and and you know what? Uh, I give a lot of credit to, obviously, uh, someone that I lurked, worked for for a very long time and his ability to just kind of maintain that steady calm all the way through everything. And and, and what you really realize on this side of it, um, a lot of times things that walk through your door, uh, I'm looking at basically a mirror image of what was me walking through through the door with what I thought was an urgent problem and sitting in the other seat going, you know, what are you doing in my chair? What are you doing here right now? Like, I got, you know, there's a thousand things going on. So you have just a greater appreciation for that, uh, no doubt. Have you thought about at all turning your press conferences into just, uh, I mean, I think for me, I, I have enough pro- problems with my press conferences. I'm just going to try to. Just hopefully uh, try, try to, you know, get, get the information out there. Something that was mentioned um, last year when I got a chance to talk to you the night before that Packers game was you meet with those reporters like literally hundreds of times in one year. Yeah, I think it, we did 118 uh, along those lines. That is – so if there's, a, if there's 118 times talking to somebody – and the season doesn't go perfect, and somebody feels as if they are out. You're not saying this, I will, but somebody feels as if they're more important than a lot of things. I can see where frustrations happen on both sides. I'm happy to see you succeed, though, and move forward with this. With that being said, brought in a lot of your type of guys, I think. That was something I feel like you're probably looking forward to, is bringing in your type of guys that can get into the lines. Danny Amendola is brought in. You brought in an Iowa tight end. To the chagrin of a lot of pride, Lion Pride, by the way, another tight end in the first round. But it feels like you're really getting yeah. your type of people in the building. Well, you know, for me, it was my first tight end in the first round. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I'm kind of, you know, it's, I'm just worried about what I'm trying to do right now. Uh, oh, a yeah. little bit, a little bit strange though to be a uh, defensive head coach in the NFL and your first uh, two drafts, both your first rounders are on the offensive side of the ball. So, I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, what's going on here. We got to get some, uh, you know, you some balance. No so, yeah, apparently not. But uh, <laughs> no, just. Um, 
again, uh, just working through the first year, excited about the second year. We're excited about, uh, you know, just trying to get better. Uh, all the players um, coming back that were here last year, um, you know, super excited to get going with those guys and what we've been able to do the last two weeks and looking forward to the next two before to go to training camp and then pushing forward with the new guys that are in the building. What does Danny bring to the team? Yeah, I mean, Danny Amendola and I obviously have a, a long-standing relationship. Uh, there's definitely a, um, you know, a lot of love there between the two of us and, and history that uh, goes along with it. And um, just a guy I completely trust. And, um, you know, one of those guys you see in the building every single day and, and uh, know that, you know, he's, he's the right kind of guy and he's a guy you want to be around with, uh, you know, when it's tough. I remember when he was just a special teamer in St. Louis and then obviously they left that city and he did as well. Then he went on to become this clutch wide receiver in New England and then Miami and now he's here. I think great addition to the locker room. I, just... I appreciate that. You know, there was a couple guys there in the uh, slot position through the course of the years when I was at New England that uh, I got real tired of trying to cover. Um, you know, one of them uh, was Wes Welker when he was down at Miami. And uh, I remember it was a, uh, a game we were getting ready to go. And um, um, it was Orlando Mari pulled his calf in warm-ups. And I'm looking, and here's Welker. He's kicking off. He's kicking field goals. He's returning punts. And I'm still trying to figure out how to cover him in the slot. I'm, I just I remember walking out of that game going, okay, if we could get this guy off of that team, that would probably make my life a lot better. <laughs> and uh, same situation with Danny. We played the Rams that year, and um, we were in London, and I wasn't sure if he was going to play or not play. He had to have, like, two different game plans. If he did, we had to make sure we took him out. You know, if he wasn't playing, then we pushed everything else someplace else. And uh, just one of those guys, when you prepare and play against guys like that, uh, you have a lot of respect for them. You know what they can do. Uh, you like to try to get him on your side because you're tired of playing against him. DJ Zed is playing against him right now on the internet. Uh, I don't know if you know anything about that. You shouldn't. I will, though. Um, Matthew Stafford, there was conversations early last year about you two butting heads or something. Veteran quarterback, by the way, new head coach, always a potential situation to happen. When I got a chance to talk to both you and Matthew Stafford the last year, or last game of the year, he was nothing but very appreciative of everything you've brought into his life. It was like a new focus for him and you were the same way for him. Uh, you just were quoted a couple weeks ago saying that Matthew Stafford's just like a good guy and he's been here for everything and wants everybody to be better. What do you see out of Matthew Stafford yeah. going into your second year as head coach? I, I mean, it's all of it. I mean, um, you know, I don't, again, follow any of the rhetoric that goes on outside this building. All I know hey, is what... He, what, hey, he uh, chugged very good, just like Tom Brady, by the <laughs> way. So that should make you feel even better. Just something to think about. Yeah, and just in the football side of this, you know, what's really good for me is just, uh, you know having that relationship with him i mean he's awesome you know he's a football guy he loves the game this is my life i'm passionate i love football he loves football the the best part is it can be any portion of the season uh in the season off season i'll shoot him a text i'll ask him a question hey what do you think about this personnel what do you think about this guy hey have you seen this guy coming out of college and he knows everything about the game and you just you love it it's conversation that just uh you know i think from a, from a standpoint of guys that are passionate about what they do it just draws that bond closer and closer so it's great every single day i'm just you know i'm blessed to be able to walk in the building with that guy i think that's good to hear because a lot of people have this image of stafford where he's just this bro doesn't really care <laughs> he got 700 million dollars guaranteed but it's nice to hear that as somebody who's from a very hard-working dynasty say hey this guy's got it i think that's good for the lion pride lions nation to hear i think yeah that's i mean he's a hard-working guy there's no one tougher there's no one that works harder and uh he wants to win and and that's what we got to do uh the packers head coach tours achilles in practice or no uh something else he tours achilles does that make you guys 
automatically the favorite in the uh, NFC North because of that? For the head coaching race, I mean, honestly, I think uh, even with the torn Achilles, I'm not probably in the best sprinting shape right now. He's probably <laughs> He probably still has got me. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to see when we get to that point. You shaved your beard down a little bit. What are we yeah, doing? Yeah, the offseason, it goes down. I got to start over. Every year, I take it down. I start over, uh, you know, let it grow back a little bit, and then uh, I'll take it down probably one more time. And then when training camp hits, it's on. So you just let it go. So you just take notes all day. That's why that pencil's in your ear. Is that what, like, at any given moment, you could fucking write down some notes? Yeah, 100%. I'm trying to evaluate everything. And uh, <laughs> I've actually, uh, I've upgraded there. Why don't you throw me that marker, uh, the blue one here. So uh, I've got the pencil. I've got note cards that I carry around with me all the time. My new latest one is that if I need to write notes, uh, we're just we're right on the table. So I'm just all the time. We're just we're grinding out. We're gonna put X's and O's. Uh, you know, it's the good thing about being a head coach is uh, if we need a new table, we're just gonna call. We're gonna buy one, and uh, you know, we'll just go from there. Uh, for those listening, they can't see what's happening. He is literally drawing out an entire play formation on the table that we are currently sitting at, which is a glass table. I would assume this is a dry erase, but nonetheless... It may or may not be. You don't know. But, you know, at that point, they got to figure it out. Um, speaking of plays drawing out, why didn't you give me a heads up about the fake field goal? Yeah, you know, I was going to... You know, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring that up or not. Uh, there's the fake field goal. I think... Um, I seem to remember a fake punt or something like that, too. That uh, You guys some, were going to run a fake history. punt? Uh, we had fake punt, too. But uh, you never know. You never know what's going to happen, so... Are you a part of any of those decisions when it comes to like off? Because you got a new offensive coordinator, so yeah. obviously you're the head coach. But I've seen some head coaches who have sat back and let their offensive coordinator do his thing, defense coordinator do their thing. Are you in those meetings, kind of like, hey, I think this would work potentially because a defensive coordinator could potentially know more about offensive football than most offensive minds. You know, it's an excellent statement. I'm glad you said it, and I didn't. But uh, you know, I think for me, I'm involved in. You know, as the head coach, you got to be involved in all aspects of the game. You know, whether it's special teams, offense, defense, game management, uh, that's your job, and that's what we're trying to do. So, um, you know, it's great for me. I actually got into the league uh, at New England on the offensive side of the ball. I coached, uh, you know, with Dante Skarniecki in the O-line for two years before I switched over and coached the linebackers. So um, I love all aspects of the game. Um, definitely the, you know, the sleeper field goal, which is what we ran in Green Bay. Uh, we hadn't run that, or I hadn't run that uh, since it was actually the Rams 2004 Troy Brown, Troy, yeah, Adam Brown, Adam uh, Vinatieri to Troy Brown. So uh, it was one of those deals. The last game, and I was like, you know what? I think it's about time for the sleeper. We haven't seen this in a while, so let's run it. Let's see what we got and get a little spark and get going. That's beautiful. And they also made rules against it, basically. They did. It's actually very difficult to run right it, now. It's so, impossible. To yeah. Run. So we had to kind of go through an approval process before the game and make sure the officials knew what we were doing. It's probably why I didn't tip you off. For those that don't know why it's impossible, basically in between the 30s is the only place where you can have a guy who doesn't check in on side the hash mark. I believe, right? right? Everybody has to check in on the inside of the hash mark before they can go out. So it's hard to sneak somebody out there unless the corner who's rushing just completely isn't paying attention at all which is what happened in Lambeau that we time. had a shot of trying to do it with our sideline kind of maybe we thought they'd lose it in the uh, in the background of what was going on and it had to be in the right area uh, where the coaches couldn't on their sideline get the information out to them in time so it kind of just was a perfect storm and uh, great execution a lot of plays in the NFL last year that was in the top 100 <laughs> voted by the NFL just want to let you know that. I appreciate that that's good yeah, so it's, you feel good that's an offensive play special teams play by a defensive coach that's got to feel fucking great <laughs> i mean you just gotta love prater out there slinging it i mean that's hey, awesome no laces too did you see yeah laces? yeah absolutely just grabbed it and just uh you know heaved it up did you think in that game like good idea would just be uh get aaron Rodgers out early <laughs> yeah i mean uh 
listen, you know, that's uh, always, play a, of the game. always a good plan, but it uh, doesn't really usually work out that way. I mean, he's so good at football. He's so good. He's uh, one of those guys I've had a lot of battles with through the year, and, um, you know, I'll never forget, we were in a preseason game playing them one time, and, uh, you know, I'm on my sideline, I'm calling the defense, and he's literally standing at the numbers on our sideline. He's not getting a play call, and he's just looking at me and staring, and uh, he's very cool, very calm. He always has that dialed-in kind of look. And um, so I'm looking back at him, and I'm kind of like, what are you doing? And he's like, hey, make the call. And I was like, you make the call. And he's like, no, go ahead and make the call. And I'm like, well, shoot, I don't got to worry about the play clock. You do. So I'm just, I'm good. You, you know, he's want to sit here all day. And he just, he's just calm. Just, you know, he can see what's going on, goes up, makes a call, and goes. And he still can't stop it. It's unbelievable. Oh, that's an incredible image in my head. Just you and Aaron Rodgers staring each other down. Yeah. Preseason game yeah. obviously means a lot, just like every other football I'm game. I'm sure it was probably the first preseason game or something real <laughs> important like that, too. Where it was, hey, Matt, why don't you make the call, man? Yeah. What are you yeah. sending in there, bub? Yeah. And he's, like, smiling. I'm like, oh, this is, this is great. Who's your favorite player you ever played against? Played against? That's an outstanding question. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, a lot of years of, of really good Because it's you versus quarterback and offense coordinator, basically, right? <laughs> defense coordinator is taking on the quarterback if they're the ones making a pl- uh, call at the line or the offense coordinator. It's a constant yeah. chess match. Who's somebody you I mean, I would, love, I would love to sit there and say, you know, obviously that I'm that uh, involved, but I actually don't step in between the white lines, so it's really the players out on the field. Uh, no one wants me out there. It's not pretty. It doesn't look good. Um, I would say as a game plan mentality, trying to stop people, um, there's, there's a lot of them. A lot of great battles with Peyton Manning. I mean, obviously that guy is phenomenal. Um, I obviously every single day in practice went against Tom Brady. You know, that's someone that's unbelievable. And Josh, obviously McDaniels and what they were able to do and the great players that we had there and and uh, you know through the league on offense um, is there's there's a lot of them I'd say this though you know the one guy just kind of recently is stuck in my head right now probably because we play him first game of the year but uh, there's not a better guy or a tougher competitor than Larry Fitzgerald that's a guy that's just unbelievable unbelievable player and even a better person 10 mil a year he just yeah I'll take another one he says and I think he's going to be able to play forever he looks like he's in the best shape of his career he's so strong he's I mean again um, you know as long as the quarterback throws it within the zip code he's going to catch it so it's just kind of it's it's unbelievable so are you watching because they are your first game you've been on record saying that you've been focusing on week one already because I mean that's your next real uh, have you like watched Kyler Murray's college film is that what you're doing like how are you studying for a rookie yeah, quarterback yeah um, Great, great question. Probably a little bit of a uh, of a tip of what we try to do here is when the quarterbacks come out in the draft, uh, you evaluate all of them. Uh, you know, we have to anyways as as a head coach. You're looking at all of those guys, everybody in the draft. But even as a defensive coordinator, uh, one of the things I was told as a young defensive coordinator was, uh, you know, you should really look at all the top quarterbacks coming out because whether you know they wind up on your team or you wind up playing against them, uh, you want to get all that work in ahead of time. So it's kind of something that uh, we already did. AQ Shipley uh, broke on my show that they're going to be in shotgun 99% of the time. Just a little inside information if you want to write yeah. that down on your phone. No, it's good. I think I already told Cliff we're just going to go goal line, 23 personnel the whole game, and, and just uh, make it about a, uh, you know, maybe a 20-play game. That's smart. Yeah. Just like everything you do, very smart. Uh, <laughs> last question. What do you want your Detroit Lions fan, or team to be remembered as? Like, this team is this. Like, for instance, when I was on Peyton's team, uh, Peyton's team, it was. I mean, he was making the calls. He was cutting people. He was doing everything. But when I was there, it was like a group of guys that were tight, 
they were going to be smarter than the other team and they were going to be fresher than the team that was like the thing like we're going to be fresh smart and we're going to be a tight group then we kind of got into a a regime there where it was like oh we're going to have the most athletic guys that kind of kept it moving but we're going to be a hard working group and then chuck got in there and it was grit that was what he wanted us to be known for what do you want your teams to be known for Uh, i mean i think look your team's going to be known for different things every single year every team is different and each year in the nfl um, now your team is completely different it's really it's a one-year season i mean one-year commitment to the team Uh, it's just kind of how things work and you know every year i just you know our guys i think our guys are working extremely hard right now we're we're trying to do all of that you know whatever category you want to put those cliches in no way i mean do you um, go out there and just read off a bunch of cliches i don't think i'm a cliches guy but i probably have a couple catch sayings or probably some sarcastic remarks that probably let me hear uh, yeah no i'm good there uh right now (laughs) uh you know you can catch those later at practice uh but for me, it's more about just, you know, I, I want everybody to be successful. I want them to be, um, you know, happy in their careers and what they do. And, and uh, you know, for me, I just, I just want our guys to be the best they can be. And, and, you know, and with that, hopefully we can have some success. It seems like you're a fundamentally sound guy, too. That's been like a topic of conversation for you throughout your press conferences. You've talked about like drill work, like going back to the basics. That seems like something that is uh, yeah. probably going to be something that you're going to be known for. Yeah, I mean, it's not sexy. It's not fun. People don't like to talk it's about real, it, though. but it's real. It's real. It's 100% the foundation of what everything's built upon. And, you know, for the most part, um, you know, I like to say, you know, players win games, coaches lose games. And in the end, uh, most great plays in the biggest games of the year that I've been involved with, uh, been some big ones. Uh, it's just been a good fundamental play that's made it. It's not hasn't been any call. It hasn't been anything that you know the coach did from the sideline. It had all to do with what the player did out on the field. I always realized in like the most pressure packed moments, like you always rely on your fundamentals. Yeah. Like whenever you, because there's a lot of like athleticism where you can just kind of athlete your way through things. But then whenever it's like a oh shit moment, like you always think back to like okay, what are the fundamentals here? Yeah. Like okay, this is the type sure. Of thing. And it also has to do with when you get tired, right? Which is yeah. going to be the fourth quarter. The got to have a situation at the end of the game. You're trying to build muscle memory because when you're tired, you want to revert to that, and that's only done through practice repetition. So that's where we get it. That's where we get it done. What does the dynasty in New England have? that everybody else is trying to get and that you're trying to get here at the Lions? Uh, wins. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the number one. Trophies, rings, uh, I a think lot all those. The, a lot of those. So we're just trying to stay focused on us. That's awesome, man. Uh, you a conspiracy theory guy? Uh, what are we talking? Well, on the way over here, I just saw a video of aliens. So I think they're coming, just by the way. Cool. Just, Appreciate that. That's good. I mean, I'm kind of a space guy. So, you know, I'm an aeronautical engineer. That was kind of my deal. Like, So you I believe in aliens? To, I wanted to, I mean, I didn't say I do or I'm not. I'm going to admit either way, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out. Yeah, I guess they're just happening now. They're just they're just showing up right now? I guess it's a new thing cool. where like the military is allowed to just talk about it now that they've seen it. <laughs> I just want to let you know. Just news outside of this bubble. You know? All right. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much, I have TVs that never turn on and uh, nothing but pretty much tape rolling through here all the time. So Yeah, I mean, you just throw like a goddamn play on the table. You're not as old as an animal. I wish you nothing but six. How about Bigfoot? You believe in Bigfoot? Uh, I think we're going to skip that question, too. I'm not really sure about any of that stuff. Bigfoot? Yeah. I just want to let you know I'm in on both of those. So if you ever want to have a conversation about Bigfoot whenever you're done here, just let me know. Perfect. Um, I wish you nothing but success. You're honestly, and I know it probably gets talked about on a regular basis, how smart you are and how good of a football guy you are. 
But for me, from chatting with you a couple times and hearing stories from Vinatieri, who was friends with you, you're a cool dude. Yeah. Vinatieri's the best. I love that guy, man. He's one of my absolute favorites. I, so I'll give you another quick story. I know you got phone calls and stuff to get to, but uh, that's biggest, actually the airport call. <laughs> <laughs> Your flight's leaving now. Yeah, delay. Yeah, the delay. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Uh, you know, back in the day at New England, uh, when I first got there, I was in charge of like you know running special teams, show teams, and I'm stressing. I'm the young coach. I'm trying to get it right out. I just don't want to get yelled at. Make sure everybody's out there and uh we need 11 we yeah just get i don't even care i don't like the the water guy like put it <laughs> yeah. i don't i don't really care and adam uh 100 we'd be running the kickoff show team and he'd walk out he's like hey he's like relax i got this and just that kind of guy of like don't worry about it like i got this under control and just took care of you and uh you know from an early early part of my career he and i have just been really close a lot of common interests uh, he's an unbelievable guy great family guy all of it and just uh he's a special dude man i honestly think he's just gonna kick forever i was very lucky to go to the colts and be under under his tutelage there's no i'm just waiting for him to decide when he doesn't want to so he can start coaching or whatever he's gonna do but uh you know he's he's can kick as long as he wants to Tomlin always told me, uh, Mike Tomlin, he was going to wait until I got older and cheap and bring you back to Pittsburgh. He said, I'm just going to wait for you to get older and get cheap, and I'm going to bring you back to Pittsburgh. I would assume that every time we play Did a that team, pass? Are we, where I'm, we I'm never going to be cheap, Coach. Okay. All right. Just, coach. just checking. I thought not old. Always young. Well, I'm old as balls right now, man. I just, you hear me walk down this hallway. It's just clickety-clack, literally. <laughs> Your guy heard me walking in. But um, – Every time we would play anybody, one of Vinatieri's old teammates or old coaches is on another team, and they would all come up to him with the same thing. It's like, yo, when are you going to be done, man? When are you, you going to come kick for us maybe when you're done? I think he's going to kick until the day he dies. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope it's another 100 years because he's amazing, and uh, he's made some of the most amazing kicks and some of the biggest games uh, that I've ever seen. So uh, he's the best. And he's an elite quarterback just like Prater. I mean, we got some touchdowns, so, you know, yeah, trying to keep that in common. I don't. I don't have one. Antonio Brown tackled a fucking tight end. Yeah, we ran a fake punt. Antonio Brown. Yes, that Antonio Brown tackled a tight end. He didn't score. Eight-yard line. Well, from the Lions, then, here in lovely – is this Detroit? Uh, this would be – let's call it Detroit. Yeah. Lovely Detroit. Second-year head coach, a man who has been nothing but successful and nice – by the way, I think that goes understated and goes a long way in this business. Mr. Ticonderoga, Mr. Dryer Race, Mr. Fucker Table, I need to play <laughs> Matt Patricia. <laughs> Thanks, brother. I thank appreciate you, it, thank you, Yeah, thank absolutely. You. Yep. Alarm. The willies. The heebie-jeebies. Panic. There are dozens of words for fear, but just one for an exceptional home security company to stop fear at your front door. And that's... Simply Safe. Simply Safe is home security that knows it feels good to fear less. This award-winning 24/7 protection that protects your home through it all, through blizzards, blackouts, and burglars. Simply Safe has won awards from all the tech experts that count. The Verge calls it the best home security. It's won Reader's Choice from PC Magazine. Ever heard of it? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't fuck around. No, they don't. It's a two-time two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice and a Wirecutter top pick. Simply Safe has no contract, no hidden fees, and no gotchas. And they always keep prices fair and honest. Thanks to Simply Safe, fear has no place in a place like home. 
We just simply say, if you're at the office, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> simply Safe has high def cameras, very easy to use. You download an app and you can see anything that's happening wherever you put the cameras. And motion detectors make them turn on anytime they sense anything is up. Honestly, comfort means more than anything in this world. And Simply Safe, that's all they provide is nice and comfort. I appreciate Simply Safe, what they've done for this office, for my house, for the pub, mm-hmm. for Ty Schmidt's place. And I think you'll love what they'll do for you. Try Simply Safe with free shipping and free returns. You'll get a 60 day risk free trial too. Order now and have your home protected within a week. Go to simplysafe.com slash McAfee to get started today. That's simplysafe.com slash McAfee. Be sure to go there so they know that we sent you so they continue to sponsor us. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash McAfee. M-C-A-F-E-E. Appreciate you so much. Let's get back to the show. I have a couple thoughts on my mind, not thoughts like a whore. I'll give some takes while Ty will keep score. Still the best intro of any segment in the history of any podcast. <laughs> took us years to make that. People think that was just thrown together overnight. No, no. That was years in the making. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty Schmidt, you will keep score on these. Mm-hmm. This first one is about uh, Jeopardy James. Ooh. James Holes Hire. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show. A lot of people are saying because of last night's loss by Jeopardy James in very close proximity time-wise to his appearance on this show, that it is 100% my fault that Jeopardy! James lost. I would like it to be known that he appeared on this show on Thursday. Mm -hmm. He went on to win Thursday night and Friday night massively. What happened was he didn't contact me through the weekend to keep our relationship buzzing and going. He did the crack cancer challenge after I challenged him with his beautiful wife to raise awareness and funds for pediatric cancer, which is fantastic. He kind of dipped his toe into internet fame by doing so, which I appreciate immensely. But we were not on the phone together this weekend. We were not texting. I couldn't send a motivational tweet or text to him because I didn't know if those phone lines were still open. That's why he lost yesterday. So I would not like to be placed in the same sentence as Drake when it comes to curses, because although it is something that happened in the past, in the past, Mm -hmm. there are some things where I would start saying it was a lock and all of a sudden the complete opposite would happen. We're past that. It's, it's the McAfee bump is back in full effect, and it's the lack of McAfee in James Holzhauer's life that caused the loss last night in not being able to topple Ken Jennings and Watson's fucking cash prize. So that's how I would like to, to remain. That is where I stand, and I am absolutely heartbroken for the Holzhauer house for not being able to break that record. But congratulations to him on becoming an absolute phenom in the pop culture world and getting paid in the next four months his multiple millions of dollars from the Jeopardy Corporation. Yeah, it's a pass. 110%. Thank you you so much. Hit the thingy again, please. Need it. I have a couple thoughts on my mind, not thoughts like a whore. I'll give some takes while time keeps going. We all agree with that? Yeah. Yes. I just said. Yeah. I'm not so sure he didn't throw it. I, I thousand percent agree he threw it on purpose. Yeah. I Why? Think, Why? Why do we think that? I think. Go ahead, Ty. You go first. So his betting strategy was the exact opposite of everything he told us going into Final Jeopardy. So, and this is like the first time he's actually been down, and he only bet like seventeen hundred. That was his wager. If he 
was doing what he told us. He's viewing it as fun coupons or as poker trip chips. Why wouldn't he bet everything if he knew he had to to win? I think he just got burnt out and was just ready to do something else. You think he was bored? Yeah. I've made a few million dollars doing this. I'm getting bored <laughs> winning all the time. I'm obviously smarter than all these other nerds. I'm going to go ahead and throw it. Yeah, he's getting all these media requests now, too. It's like, well, why? I mean, <laughs> I'd rather just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd rather go do some of that stuff in the time being. Diggs? I think he hasn't worked in a few months, and he knows he's not going to get paid for four months. I think the uh, the strings were a little tight around the wallet, and he's oh, like, I, oh. I need to get out of this so I can get my fucking two million dollars yeah he did tell us you don't get paid until four months after your loss but they did say they're ex- expediting his uh unlike other contestants so he is getting his millions sooner according to a report that i read today but that doesn't help him right now no, the average right? american you can only I've, i mean i take a week off and i'm not gonna be able to mm. fucking afford stuff, well so. you're not the average american <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have some spending I don't know. habits i don't know there are a lot of commercials i see this day where the average american is in uh, more than twenty thousand dollars of credit card debt i'm like oh that makes me feel better <laughs> you know all they got to do for that average American poll yeah. is just go up to somebody that looks and acts exactly like you just, and say, are you in $20,000 of debt? <laughs> yup. And then ask one other person, are you in 20000 Yup. And then they could say, well, polls say that the average American <laughs> is in $20,000 worth of debt. Well, I feel a lot worse now than I did two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. And we'll get you out of that debt. All is not enough. lost for him, Pat. All is not lost. He's, Guys, listen. No, yeah, he's, he's coming back for, tur- for tournament champions. Forget that. He's going to play one-on-one in a pay-per-view event against Ken Jennings at some point. What? Okay. At some point, this is happening. I think he's going to have his own show made about him. Like Ooh. Just like the Chase has with the Beast and just like all these other things, there's going to be some trivia, because he's become such a, a topical name, there's going to become some trivia game where you take on James. I think he can t- take the show on the road, too. I think he'd probably sell out arenas if he really wanted to and have these people compete against him. How about this? I thought about this trivia night. You know how it, uh, they have teams of trivia things yeah, where you're right. filling your answers? Imagine teams going against James. Oh, I like that. That's good. Yeah, but you have them like fill out and apply and a couple hundred bucks to do it and cash prizes on the back and it's James versus your team. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do People people pay 40 bucks to go sit in an arena for two, two and a half hours to watch that. I think so. And and, and the money just keeps on coming. Every city has a bunch of people that love the trivia. I mean, I would probably go if old Jeopardy (laughs) James is coming to town. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Jeopardy fans, right? There's a lot of... Yeah, and you put Red Panda up there too? Cool. (laughs) I'd go without a heart. I mean, Jeopardy James and Red Panda? I mean, come on. It was like two, three weeks ago. I watched an E60 on um, Red Panda. Yeah. Remember how she had like that one spill? Yeah. Did you, did you ever know why she had that one spill? It was on purpose, wasn't it? No. So she has her unicycle or whatever she uses. She's used no. it for years and years and years. At one of the airports, her it got stolen. Oh, come on. Oh. Around the luggage carousel. So they like did their best to find her one. Faulty equipment. Faulty equipment. Um, and it, ta- it, co- it cost a lot of money for one of these like professional unicycles. So, so I can't remember who it was, but they bought her a new one and she obviously hasn't dropped one. Somebody since. grabbed, uh, somebody grabbed my bag off the carousel. I almost dropped a fucking elbow. <laughs> <laughs> As you should. I saw him grabbing. I'm like, yo, and then put it back down. I'm like, <laughs> why I, don't, I don't go pee until after I get my bag off the carousel. Yeah. You got to yeah. get your bag off the carousel. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I, I check a bag every time because if you lose your unicycle, Yes. I mean, if, you're, if your life depends on a certain unicycle and you lose said unicycle, I mean, it ruined everything. But no, not enough people know about that story. Not enough people, because like everyone saw her drop it. In my head, <laughs> I think Red Panda, I go, 
Almost perfect. Almost perfect. But instead, it wasn't her. It was the fucking. It get, was the you unicycle. You get a special it, about that unicycle. It was a nice. It was. What nice. are you talking about? What's so I'm special about the unicycle? It was like a curious. ten minute special. Do yourself a favor. Find it and watch it. What do you, you think? If Lance I mean, Armstrong, I you think if Lance yeah, Armstrong was just is. subbed in a new bicycle the day before one of them Tour de France, yeah. he would have been spinning. Would do it? No, because he had a little electric power thing in his fucking bike that made him spin better. <laughs> well, he had his heart pumping three times as big as normal humans, and he's full. Blood dope. We're not sure Red Panda isn't doing that. Nope. Uh, nobody's been testing you. Nobody cares. You know why? Because Red Panda mm-hmm. is the picture of perfection whenever it comes to whatever she does. If you get rid of one little X factor, it changes everything mentally and physically. What yeah. if you're uh, you play in the major leagues? You're a shortstop huh? and you don't have a glove. Yeah, and somebody go. goes and buys you a new one right out of the store and gives it uh, to you. I almost you dro- adapt and oh. overcome. No, I almost dropped Pop Fly because it wasn't my glove. Right <laughs> in my professional baseball, it's game. not broken the way you like it. See that? It doesn't fit my hand away. I had to put two fingers out instead of three fingers out. I mean, it was a whole big Whoa. operation, but I made it happen. But I'm a, it's a much different th- playing field when Red Panda on a hardwood floor, one wheel, all the way up in the air, some perfect china on her head. Come on. I'm just saying, the, the greats show. don't make excuses. Uh, you know, I yeah, 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 they do. I would have <laughs> I would have been like, we're not doing the show. I don't have my unicycle. I think Fuck. that's a lie, by the way. I think the greats do make a lie. Just watch, watch, make excuses. watch it. It's And by the way, Lance... Um, I learned this from you, me, and Dupree. He said it's not about the bike. I think Lance a liar, though. No, Lance, he he, literally came out in one of the documentaries I watched. He had little, there was little power, like a little gear thing inside his fucking thing. It never came out his exact name. But the person that created the bike was like, well, I wasn't allowed to talk for 10 years. Now I'm allowed to talk. A very prominent and successful cyclist (laughs) utilized my bike for a long time. They were able to put it in between his... um, uh, Great like, move. Like a transmission? Gears. Yeah, so you know where the pedals connect? Yeah. yeah. He was able to put something in there that basically just, it was like a power assist, but it was so small. Like it didn't, it wouldn't pedal the bike for you, but it would definitely assist. Also, you. when he coasted, it gave him some more zip. No, it would. No, when he pedals, it would pedal it. It would make oh, it easier. It's a pedal. big help going up those hills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody France. said Lance Armstrong's name, so this nope. might be a little mm. bit of slander. <laughs> but the person that did it, and I saw him do the interview, said he had to sign an NDA for ten years. Said a very prominent and successful cyclist. I've never heard of another successful cyclist other than Lance. That Armstrong. one guy, but I can't remember. His Floyd name, Landis. So. There it is. Oh yeah, Flounder. but never heard of him. Yeah, he wanted he wanted to tour all doped up. The Frenchman. So this guy was talking to me. He was talking to Lance. To you, maybe Floyd Landis. One of them though had a little fucking power gear in there. Fucking. You <laughs> only heard of Floyd because of Lance. Yeah, true. Correct. Pretty good. Percent. Pretty pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody gives a fuck about that Floyd guy. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so has Red Panda found her normal unicycle? Uh, no, they someone bought her a brand new one. Yeah, she had to break that in though. I bet you she took off a couple gigs. You know what I mean? Whenever a singer has a sore throat. Yeah, Ginger. What's that? What? You got to drink ginger. Oh, I thought you were making fun of redheads. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was I'll like, Ed Sheeran does not deserve what you just did right there. Uh, ginger and honey probably, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, but so they take off a couple of dates. Whenever you got a bad unicycle, you got to break in a new one, you need to take off a couple half times. Uh, not yeah. her, though. She goes out and she tried. She tried. Bad move. With that other one. Yes. Yeah, because she's honorable lady. Yeah. People paid not to see these basketball players. No. No. Because most of the times, the games that I went to that she was at, shitty basketball games. <laughs> I was there for halftime. I didn't know if it was going to be quick change or a red panda. But if I knew it was one of those two, money well spent. Actually, the tickets were normally given to me. So <laughs> <laughs> time invested, well worth it. I have a couple thoughts on my mind. Not thoughts like a whore. I'll give some takes while time keeps going. <sighs> the dumbest <laughs> i think andre iguodala is that pronounced right yes. yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Close. 
I, I heard it both a different way. Iggy Dala. I think Andre Iguodala is the most underappreciated, underrated, underrespected player year in and year out. And let me tell you why. I hear zero things about this guy. Zero things. Zero conversation about him until the finals every single year. Everybody talks about Clay. Everybody talks about Steph. Draymond Green gets a lot of chatter. Everybody talks about, obviously, Kevin Durant. Even Stephen Kerr gets a lot of chatter because he's normally hurt for a fucking spree. He's out. Everybody gets talked about on that team except for Andre Iguodala. People forget when he was with the Sixers, all-star. Yep. Whenever he was with the Sixers, he was an all-star. I watched him come into the Indiana Pacers in fucking wreck shop yep. for a long time. Then he signs with the Golden State Warriors and becomes a ghost man. Just kind of disappears, gets subbed in until the finals, whenever he comes in, hit the game winner there in game two, basically, in fucking Toronto, right there in Aubrey's face. Then he's the lockdown guy, and he only shows up in the finals. And I tweeted that. I said, I forget how good Andre Iguodala is until the finals ever Every single year and I got a bunch of people who was like that's because he doesn't play good the rest of the year I'm like well that's incredible if, the, if he just chills out until the finals I like him even more at that point if he's just hanging around listen guys you know I'll beat her at the finals you guys get us there I'll fucking do the thing he's the lockdown defender he shows up in big times he seems to be a weird fucking dude and all he does is make big plays in the finals I like Andre Iguodala he does, during the regular season, get his 25 minutes, 12 to 15 points a game. And then, well, what was it, two years ago, he won finals MVP. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Or, sorry, before KD got there, he won finals MVP. He never gets talked about. But let's not go too far about this finals. Like, he had eight points yesterday. Or he had eight points. It wasn't just about the eight points. It's about when the eight points were. It's all about showing up whenever it matters, which is what the Andre Iguodala <laughs> brand is all about. The Brand Brandre Iguodala <laughs> is about showing up in big points, hitting that game winner right in the face of fucking Aubrey Graham, who was very much is his last name Graham? Yeah. Really? I had fucking good no pull. Idea. Good pull. I'm pretty excited good about pull. that. Good pull, yeah. That was I'm good pretty pull. excited about my brain <laughs> wow. doing that. I enjoy just on he's weird though. He seems like a weird dude. His legs are built weird, too. He's, his whole body, he's like built kind of like a, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like yeah, he's, he's got big <laughs> legs, like big long legs. He always has like the three-quarter um, uh, uh, yes. Zito yep. compression yep. pants on. Oh. He, he never really looks like he's that comfortable on the court. His shot is awkward. Yep. But then whenever you need him, you know what Andre's going to do? He's going to show up for you. He's one of the few guys that gave LeBron a lot of problems. Him and Kawhi Leonard would wreck LeBron. I think in the Western Conference Finals, if my memory serves me correctly, he stripped somebody for the mm -hmm. win, mm -hmm. and then he threw the ball straight up in yep. the air, I think. Yep, like He's happens. a lockdown defender who shows up all the goddamn time. All defensive team, I think, three times. But guy walks. I, I say this to you guys, and I dare you to come at me. This guy walks into the Hall of Fame. Walks. Andre Iguodala? Walks into the Hall of Fame. G -g 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 Gorman Sports Network. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I mean, everybody says he does. He does this. Finals yeah. MVP, three-time NBA champion. Could be four-time after this year. All-defensive team twice or three times. 
And like you said, when he was he hell, was he played in Phoenix on those teams that he played with before there. Yeah, he's going in the Hall of Fame. He never gets talked about though. Mm-mm. He very low key. Every once in a while, I'm, I saw him make an appearance on something. Might have been golf. He might have made an appearance he on big golf. Yeah, yeah there, he golfer. made an appearance on golf, and he was talking, and I was like, look at Andre getting out there a little bit. It never gets talked about that guy. I wonder if he loves or hates his role in Golden State, just being the guy that nobody even thinks about or cares about. Gotta love it. You think so? Gotta love not he's everybody, old, right? Not because, everybody would love that, by the yeah. way. Because like he's how many? So like before he hit those shots, two shots uh, in game two, he was 0 for 13 in his last four games on threes, but no one was talking about it. But right. then like when he hits the big shot, everyone talks about him. So He's not supposed to make those threes, Tony. They got other guys not, for that. Yeah, it's but, a good spot to be in, yeah. Because if you don't, if you don't do well, big deal. We weren't expecting it. If you do great, we'll talk about it. And now he's Robert Ory, and, and he does. You'll get on Pat's show. And like, like, yeah. like Foxy said, he'll match up against LeBron, against yes, Kawhi. They're throwing him on their their top star. Yeah. I mean, Lance Stevenson probably the only other guy that could match up with LeBron <laughs> like yeah. Andre Iguodala. <laughs> but I love Andre, man. Just he's an, a consummate team first guy. I think he always has been, even when he was scoring twenty points a game. I think he's just always been a team first. Speaking guy. of team first guys, how about Kevin Durant meeting his teammates in the tunnel as they were coming? Coming off, not wearing a single Golden State. <laughs> and it might be a different culture over there in the NBA. But him not having a single Golden State thing on at all was wild to me. Up in Chicago. Not, yeah, he had a White Sox hat <laughs> yeah, on, so which is interesting because I, I rewound it because I thought I was just looking at it and I was um, back on the wagon, by the way. Nope, <laughs> off the wagon. I was watching it, and I was just watching it, and I see him dapping up, and I just like kind of kind of moves forward. He like poked his head out first, I guess, and he turned around. It was during the game. There six seconds left, I think 5.8 seconds or whatever it was, after the shot was made. They showed him in the background there, and it just goes back. And then I'm like, like did that motherfucker not have a single Golden State thing on? So I rewound it, and then I played it again, and I looked through his – I like look him up and down. I feel like a weirdo. I'm like, I'm checking out. He's not a single Golden State thing. This dude's just trolling. And then I'm I'm like, wait, did he have a fucking New York hat on? I go back, and he was like, no, a Chicago hat yeah, on. White Sox what is yeah. he doing? Is there a chance he goes to the Bulls? Like, Kevin Durant, I feel like everything is calculated with Kevin Durant. Yeah, I honestly yeah. feel like everything he does is calculated. Even the pink phone case that he had on in that picture where people see him fake tweeting or whatever he is from the locker room, I think everything Kevin Durant does is calculated. I wonder why he had that White Sox hat on. That's very interesting to me. But him not wearing a sin- single Golden State thing was very, I was like, holy shit. How come he's not on the bench. That's my question. Now, I don't have a problem with it, but, but I, I that's just my question. Well, I think when you're on the bench, you have to be dressed up, right? Like, yeah. I think you have to have a suit on. Yeah. Like, I think you uh, have to be... It's like, I don't know, because, like, when LeBron was hurt, it wasn't a suit, but, like... He was but dressed he, but up. Like, there is, when there is players, a dress code. Yeah, well, and a little I, bit. And I think those chairs are very uncomfortable. I mean, he's six foot, what, eight yeah. or something like that? Yeah, he's yeah. close to seven. Yeah, seven. And they put you in those little tiny seats. I mean, it, it's a very uncomfortable setup. So I respect the fact that he's hanging out in the back, like just kind of can do whatever he wants. I would have just thought like maybe a Warriors hoodie on or something like <laughs> yeah. a, or a Warriors sweats or something just along those lines. But it was the complete opposite. It's definitely a status thing, right? No other player gets to sit back there if they're hurt. Uh, uh, Chara, right? Chara got a chance in the NHL. This is a whole different animal. Yeah. But he watched it from the locker room. I feel like that's um. Yeah, they're usually thing. hockey. They're usually in the press box in suits. I might add. Mm. Yeah, oh. in suits. Chara was in full outfit. Like full game attire watching it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's probably the case. Sometimes they'll go out and take warm ups. Yeah. And if they're too, too, too hurt, they won't play. They'll just still have the pads on and shit in the back. But, yeah, every, all cases are treated independently. Sure, right? yeah. Like Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians had an incredible quote. He was like, everybody doesn't get treated equally because not all your motherfuckers contribute to this team equally. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like that would never happen in football, Which is right? So true, uh, by I the love way. That quote. He yeah. was like, if Reggie Wayne does something and some slapdick does something, I'm going to tell you what, you slapdick going to get judged a lot harder. <laughs> Such a real thing. Yeah. He used to give these speeches about how, hey, listen, this ain't a five-star game, okay? Our five stars are going to link up against their five stars. It's all you average motherfuckers. You got to do your job. <laughs> or he'd be like, this is a five-star game, okay? Our stars got to do better than their stars. All you average players just don't get in the way. <laughs> like Bruce Arians was the greatest. He kept it real. He, I absolutely loved him. He used to call me a five-star player, by the way. It was nice. very nice. Well, you were. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree, Todd. <laughs> Phil position, yeah, number one. Th- that would be that would be the thing. It'd be Mac V. Their returner really fucking good. We know that, right? You just got to eliminate them. That ain't that hard, is it, Pat? Shit, you just kick the ball high, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, PA. Thanks for the coaching tip. Just kick the ball high. <laughs> he was the best. You won't all get treated equally because not all your motherfuckers contribute equally. <laughs> That's a real thing, though. That should, That's be, a great quote. That that should be, be on a shirt. That should be on it. I mean, that is a real quote, though, because everybody's like, well, that's not fair because this person, blah, 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 blah. It's like, well, it's also not fair how much you suck compared to that person. <laughs> <laughs> that? I mean, Kevin Durant is a monster. Yes. If Kevin Durant wants to roll around sure. in the back and some the 15th guy on the team wants to do the same thing, he's not allowed. It's like, well, maybe you should be Kevin Durant. That'd be great. <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> By the way, if I'm a betting man, and I am, he's going to New York. I guess that's what everybody's saying. He's already moved his entire business over there, I guess. Yep. He's going to New York. Uh, Darius Butler said on this show, and he seems to be tapped into the world, uh, and also somebody else said it, it was like in the, in the basketball world, if rumors start getting out, like those motherfuckers talk over there. Like if it starts getting out by more than one, it's true. Like there's not really many things that leak out that don't happen. I mean, they were talking about LeBron to the Lakers like two years before LeBron went to the Lakers. Oh, it's yeah. just the way it goes. A lot of chatter about Durant to New York. I would have thought he had a New York hat on though in that whole situation so he could troll everybody. Instead, it was the White Sox, the bad team in Chicago. <laughs> clean hat though. Huh? It's a clean, clean hat. hat. Yeah, I remember. Like you take off a part of the O and it says sex. What oh. a joke. <laughs> oh, I can see that now. Or Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, or a Sharpie. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, my brother's friend did that. He thought he was the coolest kid. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he wasn't. Uh, he walked in and he had the hat on, and I was like, oh, nice white socks hat. He was like, look at it closer. Uh, sex. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> cool, man. You ever had that? No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> and then I thought it was pretty clever. Yeah. And I wondered why people didn't do it beforehand. And then I put my Wichita State Shockers hat on and walked out the front door. <laughs> <laughs> that hat was electric. Also a great hat. Um, did I pass that one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. a thousand percent. I have a couple thoughts on my mind. Not thoughts like a whore. I'll give some takes while Ty keeps good. Barefoot kickers were in the news this weekend on the social media because there was a tribute video that uh, the NFL put out to barefoot kickers. I got asked a lot about what happened to barefoot kickers. Why are there no more barefoot kickers? And the reason is technology <laughs> is the answer to your question. Not that they didn't have the technology back then, by the way. Soccer cleats were very much in the proper technology for kickers to use back then. I just think people were much dumber back in the day. So football cleats are so thick, 
right? There's a lot of padding on top. Back in the day, shoes used to be so big. And whenever you're kicking a ball, you want as little cloth in between your foot and the ball as possible because the top of your foot, the bone on the top of your foot is so hard, that's what you want to kind of indent the football so you can send it a longer way. So whenever those big cleats were made where there was a lot of padding in between, it would kind of kind of suffocate the indention a little bit so the ball couldn't travel as far. So somebody was like, I'm going to go barefoot. It will be as hard as possible can travel a lot longer way. Now, granted, there were soccer cleats around for a long time that could have done the trick. It could have been nice. But once one person does something good and they have a little bit of success, monkey see, monkey do in every single aspect. Now, once cleats continued to evolve and kangaroo leather was introduced, which, by the way, shout out to the kangaroos. I don't know what needed to happen to them or why they needed to pass away, but their leather really changed the game. Now there's a composite leather that comes with everything. Everything's so thin, so it's almost as as if you're barefoot while having a little bit of protection on top of your foot. Whenever I was playing in college, there was a kid from Louisville who kicked barefoot because his dad kicked barefoot. And we played in the middle of December, I believe. It was single digits. And this motherfucker had an Ugg boot on. So he had a football cleat on his left foot and then an Ugg <laughs> on his right, like all the way up to like the, 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 the middle, like the right below the middle of his shin, like a full Ugg's boot. What an <laughs> asshole. It, it, okay, it, it I would normally go talk to the other kickers and punters and say, what's up? That kid, I refused to fucking say hello to. <laughs> I told Pat White, I refused to be anywhere near the guy wearing the fucking Uggs boot because he's taking kickers back at least 20, 30 years in the stereotype. So then he obviously missed a kick because his foot was too cold, the ball was too hard, and not that I didn't miss kicks, but there was a lot of situation there where he was setting himself up for failure when cleats nowadays do basically the same thing without the hypothermic potential on the backside there. So if you see a kicker kicking barefoot know a that he's a dumb kicker b that he's stupid and c you do not want to be friends with him because he's so fucking stupid <laughs> so all of those things really ring true just know back in the day it was monkey see monkey do a little bit of success happened but nowadays technology it's a whole new world i i i don't i am not a I, I just don't enjoy the thought of it. I, it, ma it makes you look so bad, especially that kid with his Ugg boot. He was trotting <laughs> around in warm-ups, and then he would take it off, kick a ball, put the Ugg boot back on. And I just looked over at him, and I was like, I hate that guy. <laughs> so dumb. I absolutely hate that guy. It was, it was so cold. It hurts, too. Hurts so bad. <laughs> Do they tape up at all? Like their foot? No, it's just bare. It's bare uh. foot. It is literally bare foot. So it's, I don't know why you would do it. I think the mental pressure of how bad it would hurt would scare you from swinging yeah. as hard. Right. I think there is zero things that would, would help you kick with it. I just, personally, I don't get it. There, there was a time in my life where I was worried that the knot that I would tie in my shoe mm. could potentially get in the way. So I would tuck it underneath to the side as I grow, grow, grew older and got better. I realized that that wasn't going to do anything either. <laughs> I mean, there's just a lot of things that have kind of come and go that thought you could make you a better kicker thought people would make them a better kicker, whether it was stretching and this type of stretch and doing this type of thing. And in the end, it's all bullshit. Just kick the fuck out of the ball. <laughs> yeah, is, is, there, is there a point where you just kick the ball so much you no longer have feeling, like martial artists can't feel yeah. anything on their shins? Yeah, my, my, my foot... I mean, from cramming it in shoes uh -huh. that are so tight for so long, 
the back of my foot for having so many blisters. Like uh-huh. that, the blisters thing went away when I was like 14 years old because of soccer, and my feet are just my. I I, I don't. I'm not sure my feet have much feeling in it. And also, by the way, my feet very gangster, man. I I can go barefoot on just about anything and kind of keep it moving because the battles that yeah. they've been through. Uh-huh. But that still doesn't. It still is no excuse to go barefoot kicking. Honestly, it makes no sense. I got a question. If Nike came out with a sock, a five-toe sock that you just you slide it on, but on the top on that bone that you were talking about, I was just investigating my bone right there. I see what you're saying. My my foot bone. Can you put a can you put a metal strip on a sock and kick and, and get by by the rules? I don't think it would help. It wouldn't help. I don't think it helps. Honestly, I, like just like old Dempsey had the yeah, straight, square toe, and the I guess he had a little metal in there. Yeah. I could see how like a hammer could potentially help, especially that with the foot. That bone that you're hitting the ball with, that thing's. It's harder than anything yeah, you can buy, right? I'm not sure you're going to get much harder than that. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. I think the steel might hurt you almost because of the impact on your skin while you're hitting the, the ball. The bone that's about an inch below your hinge, right? Yeah. Right here. So yeah, right, right there on top. That's yep. the one I'm talking about. I didn't know if I was deformed or that was the one you were Yeah, that's about. the one you're looking for right there on top. Fuck, I should have kicked. Oh, you feel like uh, you got a good bone here? I got a good bone here. You got a good bone down? <laughs> also, uh, the forehead right here, this is supposed to be the hardest bone in your body right here on your hairline. That's where they teach you to soccer headers. They're like, yeah, it's the hardest bone in your body. I'm like, I just don't think that's accurate. <laughs> so yeah, man, just throw your head in there. I, I, I always, I never played the football growing up except for a couple of weeks playing um, little people football with Diggs's family. But the, <laughs> the, so I never really got concussions as a child. But I was throwing my head into things for soccer on a very regular basis. I would love to know it hurts. what that all does. It yeah. hurts. <laughs> I mean, just taking football or soccer balls right in the face because somehow I would like to know what that has done in my brain. It's got to do something. For some reason, it never gets brought up in men's soccer, but women's soccer, like for some oh, yeah. places, the heading is outlawed because of too many concussions. Yeah. They used to give those... Um, those helmets, right? Those <laughs> Don't put those on. Just like you shouldn't kick barefoot, by the way. Barefoot kickers are a thing of the past, and I respect what they've done because past kickers have got us to where we are. Ray Guy changed the game, which has given uh, forth to the technique that guys use nowadays. Kickers back in the day have kind of transformed the way you kick to get to where we're at now, but there's a reason it was left in the past. And rocket ships don't come equipped with rearview mirrors. <laughs> they dip. People forget. Same with kicking techniques. Yeah, I mean, you've forgotten more about kicking than any of us will ever know, so we'll go ahead and give you a pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. And ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up. I have some thoughts. I have a couple thoughts on my mind, not thoughts like a whore. I'll give some takes while time keeps score. <laughs> We interrupt this incredibly deep and thoughtful conversation happening by me and the boys about the world that we live in to tell you that most guys have tried different ways to last longer. But thinking about baseball doesn't always work. The folks at Roman, an online men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer lasting sex. Have you ever heard of it, Foxy? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, is that right? Because of Roman. Longer sex? Yeah. Listen to Fox. (laughs) 
These swipes completely change the way you perform in the bedroom. Put on a show in there. Go ahead and take a trip to Pleasure Town. Big thanks to Roman Swipes. Roman Swipes are a clinically proven way to last longer in the sack. They're effective, easy to use, fast acting, and doctor recommended, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great, and they will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying about anything else. Mm -hmm. They're super easy to use. Just take the swipes out of the packet, apply, let it dry, and you're good to go. That is it. Keep Roman Swipes in your back pocket for longer, better sex, and get yours fast with free two-day shipping by visiting GetRoman.com forward slash USA. GetRoman.com forward slash USA. G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N dot com forward slash USA. Go ahead and be a champion in the bedroom. Go ahead and Roman Swipe that thing and put on a show. Two-day shipping Right now, GetRoman.com forward slash USA. Back to this deep combo. What's going on uh, in the hockey world, Nick? Uh, series is Boston up 2-1. Well, no, last night. Yeah, as of this recording. So as of this recording, we don't know. We like to think the Blues tied it up 2-2 because we want some more hockey. Uh, let's play Gloria. Um, let's play Gloria. Great oh. breakdown there. Um <laughs> And that's hockey talk. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I tried my best there to get like real hockey really talk did. there. And I mean, we just, we, what happened? Oh, you weren't going to cut us off if we actually went into it? I was saying nothing. I was saying absolutely nothing. I was just sitting here <laughs> waiting for a Stanley Cup final, good conversation to be had so I could potentially learn something because I was watching the takeover show mm -hmm. while watching the slaughtering in the background with the Bruins just doing what they did to the Blues. And I wanted to hear about why, who was doing what. But instead, we just got to, as of this recording, 2-1. Well, you said it. I mean, Bruins absolutely slaughtering the Blues. Bennington, who's been a rock all series, for some reason just looked like he was lost. But boy, did he, the Blues goalie. he looked amazing yesterday, though. What a great win. <laughs> the Blues crushed him. Yeah, the Blues crushed him. Jeopardy James lost. The Blues got a big win, 2-2, going into Game 5, which is in? Game 5 is in Boston. Back in Boston, back in the garden up there. I'm excited for Stanley Cup playoff hockey. It's the best thing on earth. That was genuine. I appreciate that. That was that was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I do love playoff hockey, man. The Penguins losing so early, like kind of really took the wind yeah. out of your sails. There, yeah. it really did. No, it just stole hockey from me. Like it, it, I think about watching it, and then I'm always just like, hmm, hockey's dead. In the way that they lost too, that just sucked. Easy. All right. What's your Take problem? It What's your problem? What's your I have problem? no problem. You just brought up Pittsburgh and when they lost early. And I said, yeah, plus the way they, they lost. That just had to suck for Pittsburgh backers everywhere. <laughs> hey, I got I don't have a dog in this fight. My team's on. They've been playing golf for a while. So, I mean. Mm -hmm. Who's your team? Detroit Red Wings. Followed closely by now. the National Predators, who are also playing golf. The National Predators? Nashville. You can't just pick up teams. Yeah. I did that with the Lions. You can't do that with the fucking Predators. <laughs> well, I teams that I, are I, like born and raised. Too. I know, but born and raised, Detroit always had that there. Then moved to Nashville, and I kind of got the you know I caught the fish flu. You know, I was I started to <laughs> watching like what they do. It seems very like it's a very fun thing to be a, a hockey fan in Nashville right now. It is. It is. They right. really enjoy the fuck out of it. Well, it's something for them. Which is weird. Well, they were good there. But, they had, but yeah. the run there. But you were there at the draft, and you saw all the people on Broadway and everything. Mm -hmm. That's it before every game. Not not. 
not that amount, but there are people outside the stadium and up on Broadway that are just it's everywhere. Awesome. Yeah, I can understand how that's an electric yeah. atmosphere. I think they also should get a lot more credit for the beer chug starting on the jumbotrons. Oh, absolutely. Because um, Taylor Lewan, uh Quentin Spain, um, and a couple Jack others. Conklin, the big guy. Well, you know, it was Mariota wasn't chugging on the thing. That's why. Well, because kids look up to. Him. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I'm sick of these quarterbacks <laughs> getting disgusting images up on those jumbotrons when there are potential <laughs> little children watching. You know, those beers being chugged at that rate is a direct correlation to binge drinking, it which is. is not what our heroes should be doing. He's probably afraid to get injured. Maybe be a role model. <laughs> Has that jumped the shark yet? Yeah. Close. No, I don't think your chugging so? has ever jumped a shark. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, and this is another thing uh, for Dave Portnoy to feel good about. Whenever we did that college tailgate show, he literally said to me, he said, I don't know what the show is going to look like, but I know it's going to end with you chugging against somebody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, yeah, we're just going to pick a random kid uh, who's probably <laughs> a good chugger, and then I want you to chug against them because a good beer chug should be on TV all the time, is what Dave Portnoy's exact Respect. words were. Yep. His exact words were, I don't know what the show is going to look like, but at the end, you're going to chug a beer against some kid that we find who's good. It's just it's the way it's going to be. And we did that at the end of every episode. There was one time I was incredibly hungover. I lost to a kid because I almost puked. But other than that, it was just uh, it was a complete slaughtering. That one was a tall boy, too. Yeah, it was a big they, one. They didn't tell you. They didn't give me a heads up that it was fucking 18 ounces i was fucking i could barely breathe because i hung over i was what would happen if andrew luck goes on the the old jumbotron i have no idea to be honest i've i've no clue he likes craft beers from what i've heard so thick beers are his thing i i to look at him i bet you he can chug that's what i'm saying i think he could probably take down a light boy pretty quick Mm -hmm. if i had to guess but i enjoy the thought of these quarterbacks chugging and everything like that espn's even getting behind it now and all this stuff i mean they're a year behind but i i am a i am a big fan of the beer chug because let me tell you what a chug does. A chug is a people pleaser. No matter where I've chugged something, it has made the crowd around me happy. It doesn't matter if I was at a college tailgate. It doesn't matter if I was at a college party. It doesn't matter if I was surrounded by millionaires in Tennessee. It doesn't matter if I was in Morocco surrounded by Muslims in the basement of a Moroccan rug company (laughs) where there was no happiness to be found at all. I was almost being looked at as if I was a target until I took a pitcher of their tea and dumped that thing upside down in my mouth and the whole place started celebrating <laughs> and parading around me. The chug brings people together unlike any other drinking thing can do. Maybe a shotgun can do the same, but it's still a chug. Maybe a beer bong can do the same, but it's still a chug. But if you can down anything in a rapid fashion, it seems to be an atmosphere lifter, which I am here for forever as an avid chugger. David Bakhtiari told me, he gave me one of my chugs a seal of approval. Thanks, David. I give you a seal of approval. <laughs> How about that, David? <laughs> I like what he's doing, though, by the way. I like what Bakhtiari's doing a lot. I'm uh, a big fan of it. Out of all your chugs I've seen, the fastest one was definitely after the draft, right when you were done. A lot of people were saying that was a seven-ounce beer for how fast I made that thing disappear. I literally have been chugging things since I was in my teens. It was a crowd pleaser with Gatorade as a kid. Then it quickly moved into Red Bull and beer at high school parties. <laughs> then it moved into straight beers until it was a two-story beer bong with six beers in it. Now, granted, that thing disappeared appeared and came reappeared (laughs) (laughs) but whenever you can chug you can chug not everybody can chug but the people that can it can really bring a group of people together prove your point you just talking about chugging 
lifted me up. See, it's just the way. Mm-hmm. If you, if there's a down party and a down moment, and not everybody can chug, and not everybody should chug. By the way, I, I'm not recommending this for everybody, but if you're a good chugger. I think you owe it to the atmosphere and the environment that you're in to make something disappear if it's a little bit down. Is there, an, a- is there an age limit on that? No. Uh, how old you are, you mean? No, because the ziggy zaggy ziggy zaggy oi mm. oi oi guy on the man show was like 90 years old making things disappear in his gullet. And uh, I don't think there's an age limit at all. Rest in peace to that guy, by the Rest way. If anything, it just gets more impressive. Yeah, the older you get. Wait, six beers? Huh? Yeah, that beer bung, yeah, was bad. I puked it up. <laughs> kind of offended people think you were doctor and chugs. Like there's no know, huh? there's no funny business here. No, man. I'll just make your thing disappear, bro. What do you want from me? It's literally what I've been doing. And I had to retire it, by the way. Yeah. I had to retire the before this whole chug thing started happening with these big name notable people, I had to retire my chug because everywhere we would go, people would want to chug against me. And it was getting to the point where I was chugging twenty to thirty <laughs> beers everywhere I was going because I refused to turn any of them down. Because as a chugger, when somebody walks up and says, Yo, I want to chug against you, bitch, it's like hard not to be like, oh, okay, fuck you. How about that? And then wham slam, thank you. Bro, get the fuck out of here. And that was happening 20 to 30 times anytime I was in public around any. So I had to publicly retire it just to say, like, hey, I'm too old to be doing 30 beer chugs in a night. Uh, I can't do it anymore. There's another generation of chuggers, I think, coming up behind me. And by the way, there is. And I'm very proud of them. And the internet's starting to showcase them. And I'm very pumped up about it. I'm happy the chug is getting a notable fame and the notoriety that it's currently getting. Shit. Where, 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 where were the chuggers in the early 90s following me around, man? That was the fucking. <laughs> I'm just. I'm not saying I started the chugging thing, but I drank a beer a certain way, and that was how I did it. Whether I was bellied up to a bar or at a football game, yeah, it was down. Yeah, there's a couple. I mean, there's people that can drink beers fast. I agree. There's people that can drink things fast. Well, there's just a different fucking animal to a chug. Uh, I I used to be able to just suck drinks down. I used to slam pitchers in college. Now those were awesome days. Those days were next level. My friend Chris Neald, who was my teammate in college. Um, when I posted the video of the chug with Shane Leckler directly after the draft mm-hmm. announcement, he uh, he's from, I forget if it's New York or New Jersey or Eastern Pennsylvania somewhere. He's got an accent. And he said, I remember back when number 40 used to chug pitches like it was water <laughs> in his actual thing. And it's one of those things, though, whenever you do that, by the way, it's just like a dance circle. Whenever you do that, the entire place gets lifted. I mean, you're sacrificing your tomorrow. You are sacrificing your tomorrow for the environment that you're currently in, but it's worth it. So I'm proud of the chuggers. Here's to the chuggers. Bottoms up, cuz. Any naysayers... Just try to find some footage from the after party at Pat's New Year's oh, Eve show. He's <laughs> drinking fucking 24-ounce Bud Lights in like 0. 0.8 seconds. It's bad, though. I still have <laughs> yeah, those videos. Yeah, well, it didn't end great. But I had it, to publicly retire. I literally had to publicly retire it, the chug, like, just for the good of my soul, man. I, we were going places, mm-hmm. and I'd just be walking by. Just minding my own business, and somebody would be like, "Oh, you think you're good at chug?" I'm like, "Motherfucker, it's gonna have to happen right now." <laughs> and then his little friends would be around him, and they'd be like, "Oh, we have a beer right here. You gonna do it or not?" And it's like in my head, I'm like, oh, "I got somewhere to be. I got somewhere to go." <laughs> but boy, it'd be nice just to embarrass this kid right in front of his friends. Right I now. just remembered how you used to drink coffee. Because when we'd be hungover, and because you don't drink coffee often, but when you would get hungover, you would want it to kind of wake you up, obviously. And so you would order a coffee, just straight black, with ice. 
Not an iced coffee. You'd ask for a black coffee with a cup of ice. You'd put the ice in the coffee to cool it down, then you would chug the cup of coffee. Yeah, just flip it upside down. <laughs> yeah, always wait, Ugh. by the way, until like at least a group around you is watching too so that you can do it and then put it down because the reactions are normally pretty good. There's a couple people that are like, oh, that asshole over there. And then every once in a while, you'll get somebody in the background that's like, I think I just saw a magic trick. <laughs> I had to stop doing it though, Todd. That's the key, though. You want to be in that elite group of people that can do it so fast that people watching it are like, is that a fucking trick? Yeah. That's the special chunk. Yeah. There's only yeah. a few of us. I mean, there's only a few people only that seen I, a few. I really, really respect in the chugging game. Yeah. There was a kid in our last show in Youngstown, Ohio, for that college tailgate thing. Yep. All his friends were calling me like a coward and shit on, on like Twitter. I was like... So when we met the kid before, and I was like, you're the kid calling me a coward all day? And he was like, oh, we're just joking, man. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I didn't appreciate that. I, I, there was like oh. 10 kids calling me a coward and a bitch and all these, like, my friend's going to smoke you tonight or whatever. So we chugged it, and it was the first time I ever fucking like was like, yeah, fuck you to yeah. a kid. I, <laughs> I, I did not like it at all. I did not appreciate it. I, Bakhtiari said that he chugged three beers. The, the Bakhtiari challenge is three beers. I'm not sure I could do that at the age of 32, to be honest. But I could do one pretty good. I'm sure you could. I'm not as good as I once was. But, but once. I'm, I'm as good once as I ever was. <laughs> yeah, Wasn't yeah. there another story you had, too, with 18 and Vinatieri? Oh, yeah. It was at Texas Roadhouse. It was awesome. It was up in Anderson uh, for training camp. And we're all at dinner or something like that. And something came up. It was either an offensive lineman or maybe it was a local. Something happened where... Vinatieri put me up basically to a chug against this person. I forget if it was somebody on the team. If they're on the team, they didn't make the team full-time. They were just there for training camp. Or it might have been a local. Like something was going on. And they both bring out, I think it was the 18-ounce cup, uh, and put it right in front of me. And Vinny's like, hey, man, you feel pretty good right now? I'm like, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? He's like, okay, good. And so I, <laughs> Vinny, Vinny and uh, Peyton basically start betting on me like I was a Kentucky Derby horse. <laughs> and it was like, uh, it was literally like, um, like both of them came in my ear not, they didn't that's so <laughs> both of them like whispered in my ear they're like you feel pretty good I'm like yeah I feel good they're like alright and Peyton's like I got 100 on McAfee for sure <laughs> and uh, Vinatieri's like I got 200 on McAfee and I was like am I getting any of this money and Vinatieri's like I got 300 on McAfee <laughs> I appreciate you man and then obviously what happens happens and I I disappear I made it disappear and I put it down and as soon as I put it on the ground uh, put it back on the table the kid was still like halfway or whatever and I think there was a couple people that bet against me on the team. Uh. And Vinatieri is doing like this whole like, <laughs> loud, obnoxious thing. But yeah, I've won over a lot of people with that chug. That chug has got me into a lot of doors, to be honest with you. <laughs> I'm happy I retired it. If I ever get on a Jumbotron again, though. Got to do it. The show. It's got to show up. Yeah, got to do it. You're at a big game. There is no big game. Whatever. <laughs> That's the issue. Uh, the local people tweeted out, like, who's the Pacers Drake or whatever? And a lot of local people started bashing me or whatever. And then some people were like, McAfee's definitely our guy that we would put up there. But if you had me, Robert Mathis, and Mike Epps courtside, oh. I think that'd be a pretty good little hype squad. Yeah, I think yeah. we would do pretty good. Oh, yeah, I think we'd sure. do pretty good there. And I'd make beers disappear quicker than anybody else is on the internet. I think we could really get that place crazy. We just got to get the Pacers good again. 
I'm going to start doing it at Fever Games. There, there you <laughs> go. WNBA. Nice. Corms will be with you. I'm with yeah. you. Hey, I'm a big fan of that Fever team. They're good. They're supposed to be terrible, and they're winning. They've won two in a row now. Head coach, Pokey Chapman, yeah. she sat next to me on a plane ride, like a three-hour plane ride. Her and I became good friends. I was like, you know what? I hope oh. you do very well. I follow her on Instagram. She follows me on Instagram. She's a big fan. She'll comment on some shit if she sees it. She'll be like, okay, Pat. I'm like, thank you, Pokey. <laughs> so I'm pulling for the Indiana Fever, the Detroit Lions, yep. and the Indianapolis Colts. There and chugging to continue. Climbing to the mountaintop. Unlike the people that are waiting in line at Everest and dying. Poor bastards. Get off the mountain. Get off the mountain. What are you doing? Hope you had a good time today. We did. We had a blast. Big thanks to Matt Patricia. Andy Ruiz Jr. was supposed to be on the show today. Really? Wow. Junior. That was real. Yeah. The old knockout artist from Saturday night was potentially going to be on the show today. We'll see if we can get him for Thursday. Though. Nice. Awesome. Hey, let's go. Oh. Me and his PR guy currently in text conversations. Beautiful. He was loaded today, he said. So he's apologized. <laughs> so we definitely got jumped by a lot of people. But I think pa, uh, possibly Thursday. Oh. It's hard to get these interviews. A lot of people are like, why don't you get Joe Rogan on the show? I'm like, okay. <laughs> What am I supposed to do? Just fucking clap twice? Hey, Joe. Joe. Hey, Joe Rogan. You want to come on? Yeah. We don't have a booker. I mean, there's there's literally no booking. It is Nick Moraldo sending us a phantom email to James Holzhauer. <laughs> it is me accidentally meeting the PR guy for the Lions. It's very difficult to get people on a show, especially because everybody and their mom has a podcast. So it's not as easy as it looks. I'm trying my best, though. Big thanks to Matt Patricia. We're on a hell of a run right now. Mm-hmm. We're on a hell of a run right now. And old Andy Ruiz Jr. would be a nice one. When you said loaded, I thought like he was hammered from celebrating. Not loaded with interviews. Oh, yeah. well, might be. I don't know. Talking about chugging beer. That <laughs> was a big fucking Ruiz. win. <laughs> he gave a shout out to his mom. He said, we don't have to struggle no more, mom, or whatever. I was like, man, that's oh, a cool moment. Yeah, that's cool. That was really fucking cool. A lot of people were saying it was rigged. Who gives a shit? How's that Anthony Joshua guy? He listen, Ruiz Jr. also had 21 knockouts going into that yeah, fight. Yeah, so let's not undersell fighter. this dude. He was an animal going into that fight. But that Joshua guy looked like he did not prepare at all. Well, for that's a, a thousand fight. percent what happened. He looked at him, he's yes. like, This dude looks yep. like a fat slob. I'm exactly. gonna come in here and just you know, wipe the floor with him. It happens and, every time. It's what happened to Tyson when yeah. he got caught against yep. Buster Douglas. They're like, oh, Buster Douglas put off a miracle. Uh, also, Tyson came into the ring drunk. So, Well, and also, I mean, <laughs> for Buster Douglas and for Andy Ruiz Jr., this is the night to become a right. fucking superstar. Yeah. Just like whenever you're a good team, right? Patriots have to face this. Whenever we're at West, when I was at West Virginia, the West Virginia, every week was the other team's Super Bowl. Every single week was the other team's Super Bowl. Whenever we were, the Colts were on a hell of a run, we got every other team's best shot because it was the biggest game of the year for them. Just like with this Anthony Joshua guy who's supposed to be one of the top heavyweights alongside Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. I mean, any, any fight you get is going to be the biggest fight of the other person's life. Now Andy Ruiz is that guy on top of the mountain with four belts hanging off or three belts hanging off his arms good for him i hope he never loses again i hope that guy wins forever he looked like he was humble <laughs> great for him. grateful and happy about the whole thing i'm excited for andy ruiz jr and i hope he comes on the show mm-hmm. yes big time <laughs> anthony joshua post that photo with drake <laughs> <laughs> can't do that man can't you can't do that put something like that in the atmosphere and it's just mm-hmm. honestly you can't do that he looked good though like he had to work out you know what i mean right some dudes just always look good well, it's like pros and cons, right? You get this picture with Drake, you post it, you know you're going to need a ton of likes, you get some girls sliding in your DMs. Yeah. Is it worth it to get your notoriety bumped? 
I mean, then, you know, you're just going to get smoked. Still boxing. You get fucking smacked in the temple. Like, there's not yeah. a whole lot you can do to counterbalance that. Joe Rogan captioned that. Um, anytime he's asked, like, who's going to win a fight, he never gives a definitive answer because in combat sports, literally everybody has a puncher's chance. Like, right. it, it, your button is available to everybody. I think Ruiz, though, after watching that, he outboxed that fucking guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, the entire... It wasn't just the three knockdowns or whatever in the one round. Two knockdowns in that one round. He literally was moving, and he looked like he was... Uh, in that video game, he played knockout. He looked like he was actually, <laughs> like, playing where the other guy was that big... The beginning guy that just didn't fucking move at all. That's what it looked mm-hmm. like. Deontay Wilder, everybody said, should be pissed off because of Anthony Joshua... Deontay Wilder was supposed to be the biggest boxing match in modern history, but now it, there's no shot of that. So I guess that's that, what happens. It does happen, doesn't it? That's what's the great thing about sports, man. You never know what's going to happen, especially with fighting. You get some guy in there, it's all heart, big right hand. Anything yeah, it works. Like, I'm buying the pay-per-view when these guys fight again. Andrew Ruiz Jr., though, just became a legend overnight. I'm a fan. I wish I could buy his jersey. <laughs> Can't buy his jersey. <laughs> I love any dude that doesn't look the part. You know what I mean? It looks yeah. like he just walked off the street, put on a pair of shorts, and gloved best. up. It's like best. this guy. I was watching some training videos of him, though. He looked good. Oh, man. he's legit. He's yeah. an athlete. Mm-hmm. And in that match, he looked good. He was taking some shots, too. Yeah, got a good he, chin on. Yeah, he does. First ever Mexican heavyweight champ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him, man. That's awesome. Zito, you are a Cuban. I know, we're all. <laughs> one, two, one, three. One, I, I, I'm on your one, side, three. too. Thank you. America, too. Mexico. I mean, we're all. <laughs> America's closer to Mexico than Cuba is. Cuba forgot that. No, no. No, because down there on the bottom. They're connected, though. Connected? By land? To an island? Yeah. America to Mexico? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, No, yeah, yeah, I thought know. you meant Cuba. Cuba, I did. Oh, uh, they're talking closer. Yeah. No, well, I mean. Well, Cuba. Well, I yeah, mean, Mer- can, America is definitely closer to Mexico, I guess, now that you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Cuba's pretty close to Mexico, too, I think, down there, because the Cancun comes all the way out, doesn't it? I- I'm going to say 50 miles from uh, Well, that's wrong. From Miami. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, miles? from Miami, it's like 75. Cuba? Oh, yeah. We're talking about from Cuba 90, to Mexico. 90 from oh, Florida know, to, yeah. yeah. That lady swam it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. with the dolphins. I met um, my Uber driver down in Miami last year, said he swam it as well. Uh, from Cuba to Miami. So for, for sport or for freedom? I'm for not freedom. being funny. It, no, yeah, it was him and his mom. They hopped in a boat, and he said he swam, basically pedaled it with his feet all oh, the way. Oh, wow. And as soon as you make it to the beach, you're good. If you get caught before the beach, you have to go back. But if you make it to the beach, you're good. And they made it like at like 4 a.m. or something. They made it on the beach. 90-mile swim? Yeah, yeah, I think so, right. yeah. It took him a little bit. Phelps? It took him a little bit. <laughs> the well, paddle kick, and he got yeah. to hang on to the boat. That's but true. still, that's, that's true. a lot of paddle kick. And I would assume it wasn't just him. I would assume there was a like a, a rotation that happened there. But they made it back to land, and I was like, man, what an not Hey, congratulations, man. That's, <laughs> that's what I said. Exactly. That's, that's a cool story. Good man. swim, man. That's incredible. Key West is 94 miles to Cuba. Cancun is 128 miles to Cuba. There we go. Cuba. There we go. All right. Cuba. We're closer. We're closer to, to Cuba, Cuba and to Mexico. And to Mexico. We just touch everybody. <laughs> well, I think sometimes that's okay. <laughs> sometimes people would argue that's okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening, you guys. Um, oh, here's a question for you guys to ponder. On the Twitter, best answer in at Nick Moroto's eyes win some free merch from our Independence Day collection that we announced at the top of the show. 
Still 20% off, by the way, if you're listening to the show through and through. 20% off, promo code America, the entire store. Win 4th of July with our collection that the boys put together. I wasn't really a part of any of the preparation, which is incredible, by the way. Thank you all for handling that. Took something off my plate. It's very, very nice. (laughs) Here's the question that I would like an answer to. What if the asteroid that hit Earth and killed the dinosaurs that we're trying to prepare for again uh, currently? 2029, potentially. Hmm. All fake numbers. Yeah. Was a missile from another planet. Whoa. Mm. What? Why would they try to kill dinosaurs? It's a great question. It's a great hypothetical. What if it was a missile from another planet and they saw what had happened and they're like, fuck. Can't do that again. Can't do what we did. We kind of <laughs> fucked that one up. <laughs> Cannot shoot that missile at another planet ever again. Oh, my God. Now we got people trying to prepare for it. Now we got people thinking we can battle against it. We got movies saying that they, uh, old cousin Bruce Willis just blew himself up inside of it. What if that was just a missile from another planet's galaxy, like another alien that was just like, and they saw it happen. They're like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, we just killed everything down there. We will never send another one of those. What if that was what it was? I would like to hear what it, it could potentially be and if you think it'll ever happen again. And what if those are the aliens that are coming to see us and they're reporting back? They're like, yeah, by the way, they're back on track. They forgot Every, about it. Everything, yeah, they, they completely forgot about it. Everything's good. Once we get rid of all those things that were just eating everybody, <laughs> community thrived. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they had aliens, you know, man in the controls. Yeah. Just, just push that one. Ah, press the button. That'll fit. <laughs> Foxy and I were talking about this a little bit because the military, it's been happening for a couple of months. The transition to reporting alien sightings and UFO sightings mm-hmm. is becoming much easier for military people. It's been happening for like the last year slowly. If you watch the uh, documentary Unacknowledged, it kind of explains all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are plenty of different alien options out there. Okay. I think there are sophisticated aliens like Elon Musk and the boys that come and travel here. I think there's white trash aliens out there that can't get here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I think there's dumbass aliens out there that can't get here. I think they live inside planets. I think there's other galaxies they live in. I think the movie Avatar is a lot more specific and exact to what actually is going on than people give James Cameron credit for, personally. That's mm-hmm. what I think. You got to travel like six years to get somewhere. And then when you get there, it's a whole different operation with a whole different group of species and things like that. Do you I, think Mr. Cameron's an uh, alien? I don't think Mr. Cameron's an alien, but he studies so hard. I think he got inside information from government officials that told him, like, yo, we already have a place like this. Also, Time Magazine. He re- yeah, Ty saw him at an airport reading Time Yeah, magazine. he's a big Time Magazine guy. Couldn't agree more. So that's how I feel about aliens. I also think, do you think there's any possibility that sometimes we confuse aliens with people from our own future? Because I only say that because if we had a time machine, respect. if we ever create a time machine, you're going to use it. You're Matt, going to go back in time. Matt Groening. Yeah. Matt Groening. play around. He's without a doubt a time traveler. I've, I have a nine-minute video that's been seen 100 million times laying out over 20-plus instances that aren't just happenstance. These mm-hmm. things are calculated predictions that have come from the Simpsons and every time something new happens, the Simpsons predicted it happened. I mean, Matt Groening is the Mm -hmm. most humbled time traveler because I think a lot of time travelers, 
like they do the sports gambling yeah. or like they're too easy. Come in and hit a lottery and then they're out. Uh, yeah, you know, groaning whatever. is just a fucking meticulate, uh, like let me just play the long game here. I'll do this whole thing that predicts the future slowly, right. make a billion dollars off of these cartoon characters <laughs> though, that do the whole thing. <laughs> and I just, I honestly believe groaning will never die. Until I see that, then it, then it'll be a whole new ball game. Then there's pictures of people that look oddly familiar to pictures from back in the day. Yeah, and forward. Weird, right? There's a lot of things that come forward that I don't know if it's photoshopped on the internet or real. I do know that groaning though is fucking around with time travel. Yeah, totally. Sure. Did you just watch Interstellar this weekend, Todd? No, but I have seen it, and it does make <laughs> me wonder. I mean, because you would travel around and kind of what we would consider maybe alien spacecraft, but it's just something that we created when we were much better at building shit. The future? I don't know. Yeah. The future. Like a time machine could look like a foreign object from outer space, and it could travel a lot faster. Like if you were to right now just get zapped from 1890 to today, or you were to take a, like your Tesla – Back to 1890 and drive it around, they would be like, That's a fucking spaceship. That's <laughs> an alien spacecraft. So, you think Elon Musk is a time traveler, not an oh. alien? I just think it's possible. I'm a fan of both. I do think both exist. See, I think Elon Musk is an alien strictly because he comes from a planet that everything's underground. That's why he's mm -hmm. so good at building tunnels. Whenever he does the SpaceX thing, they're like, no, that's just SpaceX. No, he's going back to yep. his town, mm. coming back with new ideas. He's giving away his ideas, by the way, to people. Like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, guys. I'm just going to go back and come back with more. <laughs> like, I think Elon Musk is for sure an alien. But the time travel thing could potentially pique my interest because mm -hmm. you could go to the future, find out great ideas, and come back. Yes. Wow. Like, I've always sworn that, like, sometimes... We're, we're too slow to develop something. We're, we get off pace. So someone from the future comes in and plants the idea to someone who's really smart. Steve and Jobs. And they invent what we need, and then there we go. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Elon Musk. Mm -hmm. Einstein. All this stuff. Hey, back to the future. Who's the first person to invent a battery? I mean, no one just had, woke up one day and was like, oh, I can make this from? little the power. That came from a key on, an umbra on a fucking kite? Electricity. Oh, electricity. Oh, yeah. Benny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Egyptians saying, actually yeah, had the an idea ancient form of, of a battery. You're right. Mm -hmm. Like, what did that come Because some of the future price today. Oh, well, yeah, the pyramids. Bro, yeah. a computer used to take up an entire room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It used to be a fucking estate. Like, hey, you got a, you got a computer? <laughs> well, let me buy a building. <laughs> now, now it's fucking in our hands. Like, I, I don't think people. I, I honestly don't understand how yeah. technology can get advanced that quickly without the help of either alien or time travel. Yeah, one I or will, the other. I will let it be known with what you just mm. I am an open-minded person. Yeah. Well, I love debating because it proves how smart I am or I learned something. <laughs> with this particular case, I always just assumed Elon Musk was an alien. Now I very much just think he's a time traveler. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm, gonna have to, I'm probably going to stay up tonight all night thinking think about, about it. it. Think about it. I'm probably going to be thinking about it all night. It is a lot to think about because he could fit either bill. Good. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't know. How about his fucking spaceship just takes off, goes out, comes back, lands like on a dime yeah. for years and decades and decades, even the Russians and the Americans. Yeah. Whenever it came back from space, that motherfucker was cannonballing into somewhere <laughs> yeah. in the ocean. Yeah. It's a crash from the ocean. That's all they were like, aim for blue. That's all they were doing. And it would fucking crash in. They would have to come climbing out, partially dead. It would open up. Like, oh, and Elon Musk is like, boop. <laughs> and then it opens the door for them, has like a cup of coffee on the inside. Like, oh, that was kind of fun, guys. You want to yeah. go to space again tomorrow? Like that. How does that just happen overnight? I'm with you. I'm I don't know you. how that happens overnight. 
Decades and decades and decades of the smartest humans on earth were tasked literally with rocket science, and they couldn't get the thing back into the atmosphere Mm -hmm. without it being a complete crapshoot on whether or not the thing was going to blow up. Elon Musk creates the fastest, most efficient vehicle in the history of vehicles being created, starts digging tunnels under the world's most busiest cities, and then creates a rocket that just can take off, do a couple loop-de-loops, travel to wherever, and land back in the same spot with no problem at all. And there's no questions asked? What the fuck? (laughs) the fuck? Is he smarter than everybody that's ever existed in the history of humans? No way, right? No way! No. It's extraterrestrial. I give it 70% he's extraterrestrial, 30% chance Time he is travel. from our future. Mm-hmm. I, I, By the way, I don't think those numbers are off. 100% chance he's not one of us. Yeah. 100% chance he's not one of us. I would like to be proved wrong. I know. I yeah. would like to be proved wrong. That's all I would like. Never, I would like to be proved wrong. Ever seen a baby photo of him? Me either. Oh, Ever met his family? Never. Great point. Doesn't have one. That's what there I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think he needs... To come on your show is what I think. I think and I think he needs to come himself. on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> we need to produce more Elon more. Musk. We need more him. We need more Elon Musk. Oh, he's he's been a billionaire and then gone broke so many times. It's like shut the fuck up. <laughs> he is good for humans. Let's, let's make, Elon Musk is good for humans. Uh, yeah, he is a good species for us to have. I honestly, I don't understand. I, I think he is. Yeah, he's one of the other. In like ten years from now, when I can get from my doorstep to L.A. in an hour and forty-five minutes, we're going to realize how important he was. Because he, yeah, he created an underground yeah. tunnel for myself. To, it's like a pod. Like I go underground and just press in where I want to go. I'm like, gonna go to the mall, get uh, some jeans in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me get on my Elon Musk pod. That's what's happening in Chicago. Yeah. Chicago has had an issue getting to the airport for decades and decades and decades. Then Elon Musk goes and meets with Rahm Emanuel, or whatever the mayor's name. He's like, here's what I'm going to do. You guys want to build all these trains above the ground? I'm going underground. I'm going to go from Chicago to the airport. Five-minute ride. Doesn't cost the city anything. I'm just going to collect all the ticket money. And Rahm Emanuel's like, Boom. deal. <laughs> do whatever you got to do, man. Just go dig that shit up. And then it's like fucking 25 bucks a head he's getting for the rest of yeah. eternity to go to the airport. And like 1 50th of the time it would normally take. Beautiful. Doing the same thing in Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He's just going to have this whole underground layer that Elon Musk is going to create. And then he owns space. So the question is no longer do we know more about space or the ocean. The question is where does Elon Musk have more space? Underground <laughs> or space? That dude does whatever he wants man he does it's a beautiful thing i love elon musk i do i think he's an alien though or a time traveler one or the other is a time traveler an alien yeah or yeah could be i think he's an alien who sees things in fourth dimensions Mm. the fourth dimension being time so he can manipulate space time so yes he is an alien who can time travel i don't understand the full time is a flat circle thing where if you blip the like that's how people say that people time just, travel, right? Just watch Interstellar, yeah. and you'll you'll get it. Yeah, <laughs> even then, even then, it takes a few times. Like when yeah. you like it's folding space, yeah. right? Is what it's, they say, wormholes. So if it's this, you got to travel linearly, but you could fold it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like, understand. I Matt, can't grasp. How does Matt Groening get invited into that group? You know, like does he just stumble upon it? Mm, that's a good we'll question. Does he just accidentally like, oh, I'm going to get high in the woods. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's just like a little circle of people out there like hovering around something. He's like, what do you guys got going on? Oh, fuck. <laughs> See, I think he was an outcast. 
I think he was in with all of them, and then he just was drawing all the cartoons, making fun of everybody. And like, hey, you know what? We've had enough of you, buddy. It's time for you to go. So he just went back in time. We don't have like, comedy in the future. <laughs> <laughs> go back in time. Went back in time, started doing his own thing. Just having a good old time. If I was to go to the future, this is what I would see. The Detroit Lions winning the Super Bowl. Here we go. <laughs> Shout out Matt Patricia. Shout out to Elon Musk for everything you've done for us. I would like to interview Elon Musk, though. It would be awesome. Be Let's nice. go back to the booking problem we have. Go ahead and tweet that guy. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Tweet anybody you would like on our show, by the way. Tweet anybody you would like on our show. Mm-hmm. Just tell them, hey, we'd like to have you on the show and see what they say. It'd be a power of the people situation. Little mm. pop. That'd be great. Pop. See, what's that stand for? Pop, pop. What's that stand for? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> oh, just think about it. Literally just said it. People would be like, Pat, who's your booker? America. <laughs> <laughs> the people of America. Power of people. Power of people. You hear, but you don't listen. I feel like since you have like a Tesla, you should be able to be in contact with Elon Musk. That's a good point. That's what I'm saying. I get me I can I literally get emails from Tesla saying, Congratulations, your Tesla now does this. Congratulations, your Tesla now does this. I've never gotten like a congratulations, you are now a part of the time travel clip. <laughs> yeah. You know what it's I mean? That's, I'm looking for that. would be coming. hilarious if it was like OnStar. You know, you needed help. You just press it and it just goes right to Elon. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> <laughs> How can those, I help you? It's like <laughs> all those car commercials around here. They go, Call me direct. <laughs> it's like Elon had that. <laughs> Alien? Time oh, traveler. Time traveler. Maybe both. 70-30. I'm 70-30 on it. But now that you brought up, what if, oh, another layer is, what if he's an alien from their future? That come time travel. That's too much. Yeah, that's, that's too, too much. Has he brought any of his around. friends from the other place to come yeah, in? he's not going to travel alone. Like, he's going to go back, by the way, and be like, you guys should see this fucking place. They don't know shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, I just got that electric car we had like 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I brought that shit down there, man. They love it. <laughs> and one guy's like, oh, I got this thing for water. Oh, they would love that. <laughs> oh, you're a tow guy? Oh, yeah, come uh, there's an entire continent that can't get water. I mean, you'd be a king down there. Oh, come on. Hop on in. Yeah, it's called SpaceX. They have no idea. We'll just land that fucking thing right back in Southern California. Wait till you see the sun, by the way. It's beautiful down there. The sand, too. It's great. It's real. I'm all in on it. I am, too. Like, there isn't even a, a doubt in my mind that Elon... Like, I don't think Elon Musk is a normal human being Mm-mm. at all. There's zero chance of that. He's got something big coming, too. I mean, he's got the tunnels. He's got the SpaceX. He's got the Tesla. We know he's there's something flamethrower. Flamethrower. We have he, we're talking right now, but we have no idea what he's planning. What he's got six months, eight months, ten months. Oh, when he finally year. leaves his it's gonna be big like, on TV. He leaves his human form as just a floating, glowing <laughs> orb and says, "Look, I told you." Yeah. Um, now that they're re- now that they're reporting all these things, yeah. the military is reporting all these things. I wonder if Elon's like reaching out to them, like. Can we not, maybe? <laughs> Give you a Tesla if you shut up. <laughs> like, the ladies and I like to travel around, kind of do our own thing. Uh-huh. They said they just, the the Brits Air Force said that they just fly right next to them and just look at them. Yeah. And yeah. then they just fucking take off. See you later. Like, their, their jets are going, what did jets go? A few hundred miles an hour? Probably 400, 500 miles an hour? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those least. jets that are really going? Because that's what a plane goes, like a commercial plane goes four or 500 miles an hour. So, Does it? Yeah, yeah quicker so for the yeah, fighter, those fighter jets. jets are going yeah. mock speeds, which are like yeah. a couple thousand. There it is. Wow. Those fighter jets are going like a couple thousand miles an hour. <laughs> These fucking unidentified flying objects just pull up next to them and then just roll right by them. No, like, they're looking, beep, for, beep. looking for Elon. Like, <laughs> fuck? Is this, Where is uh, this guy? Is this SpaceX? <laughs> <laughs> Where are This is England. Yeah. Oh. Wasn't it like last that year? That was a British flag. 
Get the fuck. We got to get back to America. <laughs> Last year, he said there was like a 70% chance he'd move to Mars in his lifetime. That's obviously Elon. <laughs> right. We know that, bro. <laughs> Isn't there, Prince has an entire song about, I think it's called Seven. Ugh. This might be me digging deep into my conspiracy theory brain here. There's a song called like Seven or something by Prince that talks about turning uh, the roads of gold, basically Mars, like all the elites creating their own world in Mars, basically, <laughs> and like escaping and going to it. It's like uh, it's some big Illuminati thing, I guess. That's definitely going to happen, I believe. I'm fine with that. All oh, the rich folks are going to Mars? Probably not before I die, but like in like Evan's lifetime, I think you'll see rich people living in space what's that one movie called where the um, all the elites live at like the top of the mountain uh i don't know i watched elysium this weekend and it's mm-hmm. the same type of concept that, matt damon that yeah. might be it they live in space in the yeah. big space station yeah all the yeah. rich yeah. people do right uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like the you medical get in the pods are awesome, and man. cure everything in their bodies in like 10 seconds yeah, it's yeah. Awesome. that's kind of, that i guess that theory has kind of been talked about for a long time huh like all the rich people are going to disappear and oh, go yeah. live in their own place that place would suck, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It would. I mean, think about it. The food would be so bad. <laughs> oh. So much caviar. It'd be like heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so much caviar. You would love it. <laughs> because they're rich. What does uh, Biggie say? Uh, I don't want to go to heaven with all the goody goodies. Just want to get my dick licked. <laughs> <laughs> Have you thought about the mute? We had the FCA guy for the Colts. His name's Eric. Great dude, man. Great. It loves the Lord, you know. Absolutely loves the Lord. It's literally his job <laughs> to love the Lord. Yep. He's a preacher, man. And he comes and speaks to the Colts. And there's a lot of a lot of people in professional football that they feel as if they're so blessed and lucky to be in the NFL. So it makes them like more religious than the normal people because they feel like they've been makes blessed sense. so, yeah. so much, which I respect and appreciate. But the FCA um, congregate is a very strong one in uh, professional athletes. Like FCA guys have, uh, and girls have a lot of pool in the world with professional athletes. And I talk about this often. The Saturday night before games, it would be me and the FCA guy at dinner table uh, after a team meeting, after their FCA meeting, after uh, whatever. And it would just be literally a, a hot seat for him with 50 questions that I have. Like, let's talk about Noah being the first documented blackout. I want to hear about it. Why don't you guys talk about Noah enough? Blah, 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 blah. And one day it turned to heaven. Like I was asking him what heaven's going to be like. And he's like, it's a world without sin. It's so perfect. And I was like, okay, quick question. You probably never been asked this. I'd like to know. Are there blowjobs in heaven? <laughs> question. <laughs> Are there blowjobs in heaven? And he said, the world of heaven without sin is so perfect, you'd never want a blowjob. And I looked him right in his eyes and say, I'm not certain I want to go to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) I am not certain I would like to go to heaven. And he kept talking about the way heaven is and how it's this place without sin and it's just so perfectly feeling. And basically, he wanted to say to me that it feels like you're getting a blowjob all the time with how perfect the world is, but he was so pure he couldn't say it. (laughs) And I was just trying to get it out of him. Oh, it's like ecstasy. But yeah, but when you start like really asking questions, like everybody on earth is going to wars. Some people are going to wars to try to get to this place for their eternal life. I wonder what it's really like. I very much wonder what it's very like. All the music that I listen to can't be played in heaven, right? It can't, mm. can't be played in heaven. Well, there's like lounges you can go in that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a lot of questions, though. 
people are literally sacrificing their lives to get to this place, and nobody has a clue what it's like. Nobody. No. It's just perfect, they say. There's those people that die, like partially die. They say mm-hmm. they see meet Jesus, and they mm. see heaven, and then they come back to life. Those people are interesting to me. Like I, I would like to pepper those people with questions, too. Like, what was it like? I want to know what it was like. Have you been a good person? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just because you died, like, has there anybody that's died, saw hell, and then came back to life? <laughs> you don't hear about that. You one. don't hear about those right. people that are like, oh my god, I saw. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta start donating to fucking charity, man. <laughs> I gotta hopefully turn this thing around. But you never hear those stories where you know what I mean. Yet, no. yet. What? Elon Musk, Matt Groening. Could yeah, they could, could be the ones that, that let us know. So hey, we've been to if heaven. You're, if you're a time traveler, would you ever die? No. Unless you, you go got back. killed somehow. No, you just go back. Every yeah, time. but just like all these Avengers movies, people die and then they just start the movie before, and then they're back to life. A lot of people that like die for a short period of time and they're brought back describe it just as this like blinding white light. Euphoric, right? What if it's always like that in heaven? Oh. Like, God damn it, dude! <laughs> Squinting the whole time. I can't see Can I get shit some movie? Can we, I can water are the guys from this light? Yeah. Are the guys from Movement Sunglasses getting here? <laughs> Somebody go kill a fucking sunglass guy. <laughs> Everybody's just bumping into shit all the time. My God, damn it! Oh, this is great, but I can't see shit. Is <laughs> that Michael? J- How'd you get? <laughs> oh. Zito, you saved the guy's life. Oh yeah. Was he dead? No, he was uh he was having a minor heart attack. But did you give him the um gave him CPR compressions? Uh and then uh, I found out if I would have hit it any harder, his uh pacemaker would have blown up and he would have died. <laughs> oh yeah. But you're not, yeah, but you're not supposed to know that. I mean that's not he had name. a bracelet that says don't do it. I got questions. Where was this? Uh, I was at a recreational center I was working at, like a little rec center. The funniest part of the whole thing is that he used to work at a gym. Okay. (laughs) If you work there, you're you're halfway home, right? I mean, that's that's part of it. You're watching people work out, osmosis, you're working. Exactly. So you worked uh, at a rec center, and a guy who had a pacemaker was coming in there to work out? Yeah. So it's like during like 12 to 2 is usually the old people that come in. PM. Yeah. No. 11 a.m., 2 p.m. Okay. You said 12 to 2. Yeah, you did. That's on me. Yeah, but it really didn't mean to stop the story. It was just a, a little bit of a Mid-day. detail that you didn't add in, and it wasn't 12 a.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah. It was not that big of a deal. You could have just kept on rolling right That's there. That's on me. So right in front of the treadmills, he's six foot eight. I'm going to say. He's a really, really tall guy. Okay. I was folding towels. I looked away, looked back over. He's gone. Man down. Man down. I ran over there. He's just holding his chest. I'm like, oh, God, I probably should start doing these chest compressions. Okay. So I did, like, light ones, not too heavy. And then when the, the guy came, the paramedic, he was like, luckily you didn't go too hard because you would have killed him. Well, why is the paramedic trying to bury you at the time? <laughs> I feel like You're they trying. always do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, paramedic, we get it. This is what you do on a daily basis. Let Zito get some shine here. Well, you don't want to see the spotlight from those guys usually sometimes. No, you should have. That was your time. To, that was your. You saved the guy's life. Yeah, if you, would, if you wouldn't have done anything, he would have died. Yeah, paramedic oh. shows up, dead guy. <laughs> hey, paramedic, roll him out of here so our gym doesn't have a dead guy. In it. Instead, it has a Zito life saved guy in front of the treadmill. Actually, was that confirmed? Did the paramedic say like that? He I obviously you can't press too hard, but did he say what you did helped? 
No, he didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> he just said that I could have killed the guy. That's all. He just made me feel worse. So maybe you didn't what save him. What a pessimistic <laughs> prick that guy is. No, you saved that guy's life for sure. I took the um, I took a, a CPR class course in the airport yep. the other day. Oh, there's a CPR thing with all oh, the machines. Yep. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a dummy. It's a mannequin, mm-hmm. and you're supposed to do the compressions too. Ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. Staying alive. So you stop there. You hold that one. Yeah, you yeah. hold that. Yeah. Zito is tone deaf, so there's no way he's <laughs> yeah, singing. <laughs> Every movie I watched, I basically threw in that like 20 seconds. Hey, you saved a guy's life, though. I, I don't want that paramedic to kind of... Yeah, but that movie came Maybe. out in 78. How does everybody know staying alive, though? Uh, that's literally what they taught me in the yeah. CPR thing, the machine at the airport. It played the music. Huge, huge, pl- huge office episode, Yeah, too. popularized yeah. by it the played, office. You're supposed, to get it, um, you're supposed to get indented an inch, I believe. Yeah. You're supposed to indent that thing an inch. Wow. Too far, it shows up red on the screen. Too yeah. light, it shows up green or yellow on the screen. Mm-hmm. Green is just right. I got a perfect hundred on yes, this, really? by the way. So yeah, if any, down, anybody in here... Has a little bit of a heart problem, even though Zito's already saved a life. Know that I also have a hundred as well. I saved the shit know. out of that mannequin. Good I'll, to know. I'll speak for Nick and I. Just let us go. <laughs> <laughs> DNR. I was waiting for him to say him. <laughs> I watched uh, Wolf of Wall Street on Saturday night in the hotel that we were in. Man, I'll tell you, when a hotel has bad pillows, bro. Uh, were they goose down? Or which were is they, rare. Were they firm? Were they soft? Or was they it? were just get flat. Yeah, yeah. that's a goose down. Yeah. You can't. You got to get. You gotta well, you got to get eighty percent goose, twenty percent down. That's it. You got to do that. But one hundred percent goose. I, I wake up with a crick goose. in the neck. Well, crick. next, uh, you know what? I'll put the order in for the fucking double tree by <laughs> in Hartford. But I had five pillows stacked up on top of each other, and it just became like yeah, uh, not good. it was not bad. Good. It was bad. Not so good. I was wide awake, and I was flipping through. And fucking Wolf of Wall Street was on. And I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to watch this. And I got stuck. I was hooked. I watched like the last hour and a half of that thing. Remember when he gave fucking uh, CPR to... Oh, my God. That movie, legendary, dude. That's a great Incredible. movie. I forgot about the finer details of that thing. <sighs> Right, hops in I a haven't boat. seen it in a long time either. I'd hops like in a boat, it. tries to get to Switzerland. Oh, God. <laughs> Flips that bitch over. <laughs> when he's trying to get him off the phone uh, in the kitchen and they're both on ludes or crawling over the top of the oh, kitchen counter. Oh, yeah. It was one of those where it's been popular on the internet lately where they show the scene, but they also show the script playing underneath it. It's incredible what they did out of that. Oh, dude, such a good movie. Sell me this pen. I didn't remember that that's how it ended. Mm-hmm. was uh, mm-hmm. sales conference, the greatest salesman on earth. By the actual Jordan Belfort yep. introducing him, mm-hmm. and then him walking up to like four people, sell me that pen. Uh, it's a nice pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the ending of the movie. I probably never. By the way, probably never seen the ending of that movie <laughs> until this week. That's a, That's a long one. Yeah. It's probably the first time I've ever seen a full movie. Like I always thought, yeah, I get it. I mean, he ends up, I, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. What a terrible decision, by the way. Oh, I wonder, oh, yeah. I wonder if when he was free. in jail. I wonder if when he was in jail, uh, he got three years in jail or whatever. I wonder if like a year and a half to his prison sentence, he went back and thought, bad decision that one day in a particular office when I had like an entire deal set up for me and I just said, fuck it. Probably should have left. Probably should have Probably left. just left that day. Could have started 45 other businesses. Too much pride. Yeah, Peer had, pressure. He had a pretty cozy prison stint too, I think. He's mm. playing tennis in there. Yeah. But one of the worst scenes in Scorsese's entire movie career, by the way, is that tennis scene. Leonardo DiCaprio hits a ball right into the net. They don't have another ball. Look back at the scene. They don't have another ball. So the guy behind Leo has to run up, grab another ball. He hits it out of bounds. 
It's just a terrible. <laughs> it is a bad sequence of tennis right there. And it was. Literally, I was watching. I was like, Scorsese is letting this terrible tennis play fly. It's probably but, a script supervisor or something. That's not Marty. Le- <laughs> <laughs> Marty's not letting that squeak through. Leo hits it directly into the net in front of him, though. Like he he like picks the ball up. By the way, he's nowhere near where the service line is. He's standing by the box. <laughs> he picks the ball up, hits it right into the net, and then the person behind him has to jog up, grab the ball, hits it out of bounds. It was just like that. That is not tennis. Was it not? Was it supposed to be? Were they supposed to be shitty at tennis? Hmm. I don't know why. I don't know what that adds. I don't remember the scene. Yeah, I don't have to look it. back at it. So you're saying you can just tell by the angle of the ball that's going straight into the net? No, you see it hit the net, like because yeah. it's a drone shot. Yeah, I know what you're talking uh, about. It's a drone shot coming out, and it's supposed to be like just like leaving him while he's in jail. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be like a send away. Like it, I think it was supposed to show that his jail wasn't that difficult. He right. was like playing tennis right. and shit. But I mean, it was like one of those things where it was like he's serving from midway from the first box that mm-hmm. you're supposed to serve it into, hits it right <laughs> into the net. There's no other balls, so the guy behind him has to run up and grab. It's just a very ah, no rules in prison. <laughs> <laughs> prison rules, <in> tennis. <laughs> good movie though. Man. How about this? I'm waiting for it. Ready? You can all pile on. Never saw it. Oh. Wolf of Wall Street. Really? Why not? Check it out as an actor. I would have thought. There's a few of those that I've left slip through, just haven't gotten around to. But I was hopefully going like, you guys are great, by the way, and and good friends, because I've said that before. And the usual response is, if you haven't seen a movie, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> well, that's yeah. what you want. Yeah, but you got to remember, like, there's two other guys in this room that have not seen a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, Foxy has seen next to none, and I've seen more than Foxy, but less than a lot of other <laughs> I just watched Wedding Crashers for the first time uh, about a week ago. Is that not uh. the most embarrassing thing you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> See, that's the reaction that Foxy gets. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but not you, man. Wolf of Wall Street. I wouldn't expect you to see Wolf of Wall Street. No, I, I do. I love Scorsese. I'll, I'll see it eventually. It's just one I haven't caught You're up a to fucking yet. accomplished actor. You Thank know, you, Todd. I mean, Thank you, Star of Dark Water. I know, but see, you got to understand, in my mind, I'm still an actor, and I never <laughs> like to, uh, you know, take away from other actors. I like to be my own. That's Smart. why I stay away from the great movies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for... <laughs> Maybe know, that was your problem. I just got one more great casting in me. <laughs> I don't know when it is, though. But Speaking <laughs> of... Coming up. I think we finished a script. Coming up. There we go. I think we finished a script. Did mm-hmm. we? Yeah, it's done. No way. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, it's done. You I, told me, told I me told I had it done Ty, by the end of the weekend. I told Ty on Friday, because we'd been delaying, we have a movie idea that is going to crush. We have actors that are notable, ready to do said movie. Oh, thanks, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> All we needed was said script to be finished. So on Friday, I said to Ty, I said, enough of it, Ty. I'd like to have that thing done by Monday so we can get everybody locked in so we can shoot in July and have this movie hopefully edited by the January 1. So that next year going into the election year, which could be what our movie is about. Who knows? We can ride some real momentum into it and potentially win a bunch of awards, which I think we will, by the Mm -hmm. way. I think our movie will win awards. When does it have to be finished by to get into any of the festivals? Um... If it's released in uh, in January, we could set. I mean, that would, that'd be the hard cut. We could send copies out in November to get into, you know, like Telluride and uh, Sundance, that kind of stuff. How about can, 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 uh, can. the one in Chances France? Chances are we are not going to get into Con. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, it's it's technically a short. Uh, they don't often 
let uh, just like first time filmmakers into this. It's like the most respected uh, film. Has it ever happened before? I don't think so. Oh, no, it's happened. I was about to say, if it has ever happened before, that means there is a chance. Mm. If it has never happened before, looks like we're pretty much fucked. Actually, if we say you're from like Ireland or like France <laughs> or something like that, we that probably boosts the chances by about 20, 25%. Zito's from Cuba. Bingo. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Just give me a couple producer credits on Yeah, financiers from Cuba. <laughs> there we go. Son of a bitch. You could win a best foreign film for this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Keep it up. <laughs> I'm excited about that. All right, boys. Let's get the fuck out of here. Huh? It's been a great show. Matt Patricia was electric, man. Mm-hmm. That was so long ago. That was so long ago in this show. What a get, though. Very nice of him during the layover. Just mm-hmm. let's kind of roll up in there. He was awesome. Gonna win a Super Bowl. Time Trevor told me. That's right. <laughs> Just like we're gonna win an award. I'm gonna shout out Elon Musk. See if he knows if he won any awards. Uh, other than that, have an incredible Tuesday. Heartland Radio 2.0 is out tomorrow. Uh, follow everybody at Todd McComas at Diggs with a Z. Notable sorority tweeter at Nick Morado at Hey Gorman at Viva Lizito, at Evan Foxy and at Ty Schmidt. Make sure you spell Ty's name wrong. Right? Yeah, don't spell it wrong, please. T Y. S-C-H-M-I-T. Bingo. It's like shit. Exactly. But with a C and an M. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Ty Schmidt. A lot of listeners have said they've been waiting anxiously for the Schmidt list. So have I. Mm, That's going to be good. The only issue with the said Schmidt list is Ty has recorded a couple, and he refused to let them go public. Because we're running a business of profit here. <laughs> Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, it's it's having you guys to like bounce it off is okay. When you go out and do it on your own, then you know you, you got a big target on your back. <laughs> so. Do you want me to just sit here so you just watch my eyes? And if they get real big, you're yeah, like, but oh, we're not, but we're not a good target audience either because we'll let yeah. anything go through. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> you do have a, a, a an unusually awesome skill of burying people oh, like you uh, your aptitude for burying people everything yeah it's really impressive honestly a lot of practice <laughs> <laughs> unless it's about a movie what is something you hate right now um let's see I mean, to be... Nah, no, I, I won't say that. Bicyclists? See, this is what happens with the Schmidt list. This is what happens with the Schmidt list right here. I can't say that. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, just off the top of my head, the fucking the spelling bee. Yeah. Why is that? I mean, it's bullshit. Eight winners. Like, get the fuck out of here. That's... When, you have, when you have two running backs, you have no running backs. Bingo. When you have eight winners of a spelling bee, guess what? You have no winners of the spelling bee. I mean, it's... Spe- Again, I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> How's the trophy splitted for that? Splitted? How's it splitted? They split it? Mm. So they splitted it, it splitted. right into eights, which is the same exact shape. Confirm cut? What's that? They confirm cut it in eights? Well, they cut it into a hexagon, which is an eight-sided object. Mm-hmm. That's not right. <laughs> Are you sure? Zito. Octagon. Damn. Oh. <laughs> it sounds like eight. Oh, Octagon? No, never mind. Ocho, that's why. Or octopus? No, that's that can't be it. No, I didn't enjoy the fact that they let all eight of those little fuckers (laughs) be champions. Little fuckers. (laughs) I agree. What's wrong with the world today? All right, let's get out of here. I'm happy they won, man. 
Good for them. <laughs> Congrats to them. Congrats to you for listening to the show. Have a great day. Congrats to the Detroit Lions. Winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's right. Sometime. By the way, now that I said it, if it ever happens, I would like to get the same credit the Simpsons get. Mm. Prediction. For predicting things. Yeah. Also, hugely, huge congratulations need to be in store for LeBron James for creating that motion picture that won all of the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Same with Kobe Bryant. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to give a big, big, big shout out to Jeffrey Gorman on a resurgence of his acting career. And the lottery win, too. It's like a crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> thought I had a Powerball in my future. Take it easy. <laughs> Ty Schmidt hit the music. I feel a rush, we clutch, it isn't much But it's enough to make me wonder what's in store for us It's lust, it's torturous, you must be a sorceress Cause you just did the impossible, gain my trust Don't play games, it'll be dangerous if you fuck me over Cause if I get burnt, I'ma show you what it's like to hurt Cause I've been treated like dirt before you And love is evil, spell it backwards, I'll show you Nobody knows me, I'm cold, walk down this road all alone It's no one's fault but my own, it's the path I've chosen to go in the snow, I show no emotion whatsoever so Don't ask me why I have no love for these motherfucking hoes Blood sucking succubuses, what the fuck is off with this? I've tried in this department, but I ain't had no love with this It sucks, but it's exactly what I thought it would be like trying to start over I got a hole in my heart, but some kind of emotional rollercoaster Something I won't go on till you toy with my emotions till it's over It's like an explosion every time I hold you I wasn't joking when I told you, you take my breath away You're a supernova I'm a space-bound rocket ship and now I just My body aches when I ain't with you, I have zero strength There's no limit on how far I would go, no boundaries, no lengths Why do we say that until we get that person that we think Gonna be that one and then once we get them, it's never the same You want them when they don't want you, soon as they do feelings change It's not a contest and I ain't not no conquest for no mate I wasn't looking when I stumbled onto you, must have been fate But so much to the stake, what the fuck does it take? Let's cut to the chase, but a door shuts in your face Want. But I love you so much 
once it hurts Never mistreated you once I pour my heart out to you Let down my guard, swear to God I pour my brains in your lap Lay here and die in your arms Drop to my knees and I'm bleeding I'm trying to stop you from leaving You won't even listen, so fuck it I'm trying to stop you from breathing I put both hands on your throat I sit on top of you squeezing Till I snap your neck like a popsicle stick And a possible reason I can think of To let you walk about this house and let you live Tears stream down both of my cheeks Now let you go and just give Before I put that gun to my temple I told you this And I would have did anything for you To show you how much I told you But it's over now It's too late to save our love Just promise me you'll think of me Every time you look up in the sky and see a star Cause I'm a space-bound rocket ship and now I'm